This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello everybody, welcome back to Franchise Tag. I'm your host, Derek, joined alongside Chris. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm all right. I'm ready to talk about some week three. Week three is officially in the books. A very exciting week three. Um, first, first thing I want to do uh, before we get started. Um, now that we're recording, I could do this now. Let me put this on. For those of you listening, I'm wearing a Giants hat right now. A proud Giants fan sitting here today for this podcast. Um, I just have one thing to say too. Danny Dimes. What a fantastic game he had. A lot of anticipation going into his first game on the road in Tampa. Um, Giants fans are still celebrating to this day and we'll keep celebrating until not even when he throws his first interception, probably when he loses his first game and he has like two interceptions and three fumbles, but we'll, you know, we'll celebrate right now. We'll just, we'll just hang tight and enjoy this moment because we haven't had this type of quarterback play for a very long time, especially through Eli's tenure. Even when he was younger, he didn't have those type of like abilities and qualities that Daniel Jones has. Um, so Looking at this moving forward, I'm very excited for this Giants team. Um, their, their schedule gets harder after versing the Redskins this week at home, but it's Daniel Jones' first home game, um, and you know MetLife's going to be behind them. They were behind them on the road, and they'll be there again. And it was very exciting to watch. What do you think? I mean, I, I was I was kind of hoping he was going to do well for uh, I mean the Giants' sake, and also with our division, we uh, we ended up not winning. So I wanted I didn't need two teams ahead of us, and I want the Bucks ahead of us. So uh, it was definitely a thriller, and uh, going back, I, I'm pretty sure on the podcast I said, like, we made some prediction, and we were like, oh, you know, Daniel Jones is going to have, like, the game of his life, and the Giants are going to win. And, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And it actually happened. It so But maybe. literally, the anticipation up until the game, because I knew that's what we said in the middle of that podcast last week, um, and pretty much I got nervous the second before the game started. I'm like, yo, if this goes down the gutter and this ends up being one of the worst games I've ever seen – I will be very upset, and lo and behold, <laughs> my expectations were low, so they're back up to high. And we even mentioned that, it's on our YouTube channel, by the way, um, we spoke about Daniel Jones and his expectations, you can only go up from here, and that's what mm-hmm. everyone's talking about right now, everyone's hyping him up, saying he's next guy up, he's the franchise quarterback, it is one game though. I mean, as a Giants fan, you could think I'll be delusional, I will not be, it's one game. Yeah. And, I, and you know, he has a lot ahead of him, again, it was against the Bucks, where, you know, they're not a bad defense. No, and, the not fa- and the fact that Giants defense was even worse kind of showed more of what Daniel Jones had to come back from an 18-point deficit. Mm-hmm. But he's going to need a lot more help on defense if it's going to help him out on offense. And moving forward when we verse you know, the Vikings and we have the Jets and then the Patriots, it, it's going to be some tough games moving forward. So not everyone should be as excited for those games just because you know, you're going to see those flaws come out. You know, He's a rookie quarterback. Those are going to happen. Sam yeah. Donald had it last year, and he's more highly anticipated in New York than Daniel Jones is. Obviously not right now because Sam Donald hasn't seen the field since he got mono. But you, you know, even his mistakes, his first throw as an NFL quarterback for Sam Donald was a pick six. Yep. So the mistakes are coming. They're coming eventually. Don't act like they're not. But 
as of right now, I'm enjoying this moment as we speak. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, like I mentioned uh, if you guys were listening and I put on the Giants hat, we are now posting our podcast uh, full video onto YouTube, so make sure to check that out at the Franchise Tag NFL Podcast YouTube channel. That is linked in the description of this podcast on, um, I think, any platform you're listening from, but on Apple Podcasts, I know I put it in the description there. Make sure to check that out. Our full podcast from last week, almost two hours, made it onto the YouTube page. That was a whole lot of work, but... I'm very excited for that now that we have video format coming out in complete form. So make sure to check that out as well. Um, let's dive deeper deeper into this game a little bit. So looking at Daniel Jones, and again, he was the one everyone was going to be watching in this game. A lot of people who were probably Tampa Bay Bucks fans were going to look at Jameis Winston and say, listen, this is an awful defense. What are we going to do from here? And even he didn't have an awful game. I mean, rightfully so, because our defense is trash. Um, but diving deeper into this, looking at Daniel Jones, this dude, this dude's pocket presence is something to be looked at and something that pe- he, people should praise a little more. Because even though people are talking about it, it's that he Carl, Carl Nassib, I think, was their left defensive end during this mm-hmm. game, and he caused a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones and against the offensive line. He even caused, I think, a fumble. I don't think he did the other fumble. I'm not too sure because only the one fumble I caught, which was from Carl Nassib. But even when pressure was coming, he wasn't looking towards his way. He wasn't looking at the other way. He was looking downfield to see if the opportunity was there. And if you watch this full game um, from every completion that he made, every single one of those reads he, he ended up completing. So wherever the ball needed to be, that's where he got the ball to. He didn't mm-hmm. check down. He didn't freak out. And if the play was crashing down like Eli would do if he was you know under center, it would kind of be shut down from there. And a lot of people in the Giants organization would say the same thing. If one portion of that play – um, comes crashing down, and Eli doesn't know what to do. It's kind of over from there. But uh, you can definitely see this offense is totally different with Daniel Jones playing. Um, you can tell a lot of other teammates are behind him. I listened to that mic. Uh, listen to their mic'd up. Um, not mic'd up. No one was mic'd up, but they just had the microphones on the side, and mm-hmm. they were kind of putting the video together, and it came out the day after. I don't know who posted it. I think it was maybe a Giants football page, maybe. And you could tell those guys are fully behind Daniel Jones, and that's a good thing for him because I think that chip on his shoulder that he was the sixth pick when he wasn't supposed to be, um, is a good thing for him, and I'll leave it at this, um, and we'll, you'll talk about it a little more. I'll, I'll give you the floor here. But he wasn't the right pick in the draft, but he was the right choice. And I was thinking about it for a very long time. He wasn't the right pick. Jared Allen should have been picked. Jared Allen. Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Josh Allen should have been picked at that moment in time because Giants don't have any pass rush. Everything they needed was in him. He's a generational talent, as a lot of people would say. He was even supposed to be taken by the Raiders, but Cleveland Farrell got taken. And he dropped to us, but he ended up going to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, the pick after. He was supposed to be the right pick, but Daniel Jones was the right choice. I guess Gettleman saw something that we didn't. And, um, again, we're going to see how this kid develops moving forward. Maybe that's he didn't make the right choice. It's just one game. And I know a lot of people are overreacting to that. So, Yeah, I mean, th- that's the tough thing. I know um, not, being, not having any really biases towards Daniel Jones because I'm not – I'm not a fan of the Giants. I would just say, yeah, kind of what you ended off with. Just just be careful. I mean, yeah, that, that's the kind of start you want. You want to start off on the right foot, but it's it's only one game. There's a whole season coming up that's that's got to go through. I mean, do the Giants make the playoffs? Who knows? Who knows who's going to make the playoffs? Nobody really can, can say other than the Patriots. We all know they're going to make it. Yeah. But, I mean, we, we just kind of got to see what he can really – do for you guys but it's definitely a good start I mean there's going to be some tougher competition coming up and there's he's definitely going to have to work out some of those kinks he's a rookie quarterback it's going to happen um but I think the main reason he had this much success is like we mentioned 
where he's at Duke. He didn't have these top recruits catching for him. He had, no. There were a lot of drops. I actually just went back and looked at someone who did some film, anal- film analysis. So I wasn't going to go back and find Duke film because I'm sure nobody in their in their right mind would be watching. You know, Duke. I, I refuse <laughs> to believe anyone last year was watching Duke, and people are starting to admit that. And so they're just kind of saying it from the perspective that you're you're judging a book by its cover in a sense. But if you watch what he was doing in at Duke, I think they ended eight and five for that season. He put the team on his back. Like I'm telling you right now, he was very conservative with the ball, but that's because his offensive line wasn't good. His receivers couldn't catch the ball downfield, and he put the balls, uh, the football in the right spot um, at times, and they just couldn't corral it. But Daniel Jones, I could when there's a check down or if there's something, you know, if he wants to, you know, steal some yardage, kind of like how Tom Brady does when he likes mm-hmm. to check down a lot. But it works. If you're, I, I said this on this podcast a long time ago, and I'm sure you remember it. I said all Daniel Jones needs to do is be a game manager. He doesn't need to be Pat Mahomes. He doesn't need to be Lamar Jackson. He doesn't need to be Kyler Murray, which he hasn't used his legs that much this year, and he did use it this past weekend, but. He has his wheels. He'll use it when he needs to, but be a game manager. Put the ball in the player's hands. It doesn't have to be about you, and that's what I saw in this game. Even though I feel like what stood out the most was those two rushing touchdowns, so a lot of people are saying that you know, his whole, the whole performance of the Giants overall was about him, but he utilized his wide receivers like Darius Slayton, and, and mm-hmm. you know, he was a player that was very – you know, not questionable, but he was, you know, one of those wide receivers is like you kind of add depth to it because, again, we didn't have Corey Coleman. We don't have Golden Tate, and he's coming back very soon. So he's going to have more weapons come forth soon. Isn't it weird how the narrative changes that, oh, you get rid of Odell Beckham Jr., but now you have Golden Tate coming back? This wide receiver core is going to be nasty. I, I'm telling you right now, ze- nobody was saying that before Daniel Jones had this type of game. Yes, he's going to have better wide receivers moving forward, and if you know if we don't get rid of Corey Coleman because he had that, one, he we re-signed him to a one-year deal, but he had that ACL tear that takes a while to come back from, and who knows what you want to sign him to. But Golden Tate coming back helps it out, and I guess him just being under center makes it seem like this wide receiver core is ten times better. And I, I didn't know how big of an impact a player could be to the wide receiver core. Usually it's by name. Like take the Browns for examples, like Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr. And before Callaway got suspended, you have Najoku who before he got hurt. And you look at that, it's like that's a number one receiving core, and they're very highly ranked. But now the Gi- the Gi- Giants that kind of switches things up a bit. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I mean, going back to the Odell thing, and then tra- like moving my way through. Yeah, uh, Odell kind of had a whole different mentality than what this offense now has. Odell was kind of the playmaker. So when you needed something to to happen, you kind of threw to Odell. There was always that slant route to Odell. That was like his first two years. That was his number one play. He was scoring tons of touchdowns off of that. Because of his speed, he would break through the zone and he would just take it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he's, there's drama coming on from the past few seasons um, following those two years. So, uh, I mean, he turned into a whole different receiver. It was more of, he turned more into like an attitude and a problem and it was more about him. And I mean, obviously he wanted to win, so it wasn't all just about him, but, but yeah, it's a different atmosphere when you have a receiver like that than where you have somebody where, I mean, I guess the number one guy is Shepard. I don't, I guess he would be number Um, one. By by automatically right now, just because he's the one healthy and playing and, you know, Golden Tate's healthy too, but he's out due to that suspension. So maybe when he comes back, the narrative changes. I feel like Daniel Jones can use him a lot better in the slot, mm-hmm. um, but because you know Sterling Shepard has to move out wide now. Yeah, um, I, I, and maybe they'll interchange it because th- both guys can play both you know spots there. But I don't know. I think Sterling Shepard moving forward is still that guy because again, uh, he's the one who he's been working with this whole time. But he did grow rapport with Golden Tate in in, uh, in preseason. Yeah. Um, so he does know how to utilize him too. So when he comes back, they'll implement him into the the game plan and. 
see how that works out. But those are those are two wide receivers that you're glad to have on the team because if you don't have a wide receiving core, this kid's already dealt with that mm-hmm. at Duke, and no one's catching the ball for him. But now you got some reliable targets, and I think he could uh, help this offense grow a lot more with those two guys. So yeah, I mean it kind of shows that. I mean before they had like the superstar, and then Shepard is still very good that they had. Will Odell was there. You said uh, Sterling Shepard just having him being the number one was even a good choice because yeah. getting rid of Odell, you're just like I think Sterling Shepard will be better than Odell this season. Yeah, and I mean, I mean from the standpoint of how it helps the offense, yes, Sterling Shepard. Yeah is better in that standpoint. I think Odell is much more talented. He just has more yes. of the qualities to yes. it. But just fitting the scheme of the teams they're on now, I think Sterling Shepard is a lot better. We're going to have to see what's, what's next because uh, with the Browns because they're not starting off too hot. So it's not like we've seen a lot out of Odell so yeah. far, again, unless it was the Jets because that was supposed to be a blowout game. But yeah. we'll see because, again, we've said it before, there's a lot of mouse to feed there. Yeah, and, um, that's true. We're going to see him have some three touchdown games this season for sure. But yeah. Sterling Shepard is very electrifying to watch right mm-hmm. now with Daniel Jones under center too. Um, getting more into Daniel Jones before you know, I just kind of want to touch on his like qualities because this is a first NFL game he's playing. A lot of people said preseason throw that in the garbage, like it was useless because mm-hmm. people said Nathan Peterman was balling out in the, in the preseason, and then when he comes into an actual NFL game where there's number one starters and the first team defense out there. Um, that's when he's awful. I mean, we've seen that yeah. with the Bills, but Daniel Jones comes in and he performs exactly how he did in the preseason and more because he had the two rushing touchdowns. And I'm telling you, this guy having legs does help this offense a lot. I won't get into that because that's very obvious. A lot of people are much faster than Eli Manning. But as well with Daniel Jones, he is very fearless when he throws the ball. And not even that, he's able to evade defenders because there was one play in particular where I think Nassib was coming coming through, and I watched a lot of Nassib because he was really putting pressure on the, the, the Giants' offense. And I think he dodged him, and then I think he moved out left and threw the ball to Saquon Barkley to get to the 10-yard line before scoring his first rushing touchdown. Um, and I, I look at that play more than anything and think that Eli Manning would have just gave up on that play. And that's why he's so good at not getting hurt was because he used to just give himself up on plays. Mm-hmm. Now we have a guy who could relive, you know, like give some life to a play to the point where it's not over yet, there's still an opportunity to get a, a, a first down and move forward with this offense. And I think that's something that's very special in Daniel Jones, too, because you just haven't seen that in a while. And there's a lot of quarterbacks out there that can do that, too. But um, I think for the for the Giants and the way their offense works, I think that's a good thing for him as well. Another thing with Daniel Jones is um, I think he, he has, like, the third or fourth uh, fastest run, uh, running touchdown by a quarterback in the NFL right now. I think uh, – it starts off with Lamar Jackson, then Kyler Murray, and then Daniel Jones gets mixed in there. But his two touchdown runs were the fastest. Um, so that's another thing. This kid can run. Um, and I'm, I'm missing something. But, oh, he's able to put the ball in the right spot. Mm-hmm. Like, watching what he did with Sterling Shepard in the end zone on that one play where it's in the, the right corner of the end zone, he threw into double coverage. And it got to Sterling Shepard somehow, and it was a phenomenal play. This kid knows where to place the ball so that your wide receiver could get it. Only him. No one else can touch it. And, and, you know, there were some scares every now and then that he'd throw an interception, but at the end of the day, this kid knows where to throw the ball, and he's not just throwing directly at a player. He's throwing it to a spot, and that's something Aaron Rodgers does. Aaron Mm -hmm. Rodgers is really, really good at that. And, I mean, I don't mean to compare him to a lot of these quarterbacks. It's just some qualities I'm seeing. Again, Tom Brady is considered the best quarterback of all time for doing checkdowns back-to-back-to-back, and then when he gets close, he's able to either make a play through the air or they run the ball. But the fact that he's able to move downfield makes him the greatest of all time. And Daniel Jones checks down a lot. He likes to steal some yards, get closer to the first down. You have one of the better running backs in the league right behind you. And, I mean, he's going to be out for a while. We'll jump into that. But 
that that helps. You don't have to be Lamar Jackson. You don't have to be Pat Mahomes. You can just be Daniel Jones. Yeah, I mean, there's there's really no reason to do that. There's no reason to be scrambling around the field and, and doing that. I mean, if that's what your team needs you to do to win, that's one thing. But that's uh, he doesn't need to do that. He Like we've said, he just needs to do him. He needs to be him. Like everybody, the whole this kind of happened when uh, when Sean McVay became the coach for the Rams, and it was like, oh, this this whole it like changed the the uh, the league. It was this new young coach that comes in with all this energy, and he tries coach of to, the year exactly. He's coach there, and and he brings this team to to the playoffs, and he, he completely transforms this team and turns them into literally the opposite of what they were the whole basically most of the years before that. Everybody would like that changed the thing. The same thing, Patrick Mahomes comes in and everybody's looking for this new young quarterback to energize that offense that can make these flashy plays and all that. That's what everybody's going for, but you don't need that. You don't need you that. Don't need that. Yeah. You just need somebody that can get the job done. And that's what Daniel Jones did. He just got the job done and it shows it it worked. That's all you need. One more thing, and we haven't even touched on the score yet. But <laughs> if that kick wasn't missed by Matt Gay at the last four seconds of the game, do you think we're having a different conversation today? Or is everyone having a different conversation? Or are people still going to be hype about Daniel Jones? Because putting that W in the win column makes a big difference in our conversation as opposed to what it would be if we lost. Yes, I mean, it. His he would not be downplayed. His stats were still incredible, whether yes. that kick goes through or not. He still had an amazing game. But the difference, I feel like, would be talking, instead of them talking about Daniel Jones and being excited, they'd be talking about the Giants' defense and being nervous and yeah. saying, what do the Giants yeah. need to do in order to to fix this? Because they basically they I mean you'll we'll get to the score, but they gave up thirty one points. So it would be if, if they were a lot up, of it just to Mike Evans. Exactly. So himself. so at that point they would have been zero and three, and it would have been their defense would have been giving up tons of points, tons of yards through the last few weeks. That would have been the discussion. That would have been it would have been overshadowed. That would have been overshadowing Daniel Jones. Like it would have been talked about the first day or two, and then it would have gone to well the Giants. Defense needs to get it together, otherwise they're going to have another horrible season. It's still a discussion because of Janoris Jenkins, and mind you, if that if we if the Giants did end up losing, he would be a much bigger topic of discussion today. I agree with you there, oh, yeah. but we'll jump into the game statistically and, and what we saw other than Daniel Jones. But he was the big highlight of this game, and 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 for that whole all of Week Three, a lot of people were talking about him in general. So, um, so New York Giants won this game, thirty-two to thirty-one. Uh, they move forward to one and two, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers move forward to. Uh, they fall to one and two also. So they're right in the thick of things, and a yeah. win could change a lot. And um, a lot of teams are one and two, including the Cleveland Browns. Um, so, yeah, going over Daniel Jones' stats, like we mentioned before, 23 for 36, 336 yards through the air, two touchdowns, as well as him carrying the ball for 28 yards, but also had two touchdowns, one of them being the game-winning touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot to mention this, and I want to stop and talk about it because it's all I've heard today, and I think it's ridiculous. Why do people think Daniel Jones is now better than Baker Mayfield? Why Why is that a story? That should not be a story whatsoever, and I hate how they're getting people to talk about it because it, it annoys me. Um, Baker Mayfield was almost Rookie of the Year last year if it wasn't for Saquon Barkley, and I think he would have been if Saquon Barkley wasn't in the picture, but the reality of it is he wasn't, but he could have been. And also, he was the number one pick in the draft for a reason, and I mean, I know he wasn't supposed to be by terms, but neither was you know, Daniel Jones at the sixth pick, but he was the first pick in the draft. He fits the Browns. He now has a lot of weapons to work with, even though they're a one and two right now. But why is it that people are saying Daniel Jones is better after one game? And I'm not delusional like that to say he's better than Baker Mayfield. And I think they're trying to get people to talk about it because people like saying ridiculous things in the media nowadays. And 
we're, we haven't even gotten to one home game with Daniel Jones. So how are we supposed to know how this kid performs on the road versus at home? We don't. There's a lot of question marks still. This is a good first step, but what, what makes people think that Daniel Jones is better than Baker Mayfield? I don't understand it. I mean, I think the reason that Baker Mayfield's name is coming up is because the commonality is Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham played for the Giants, and now he's playing with Baker Mayfield and the Browns. And the reason they a lot of people feel like Odell wanted to kind of get out of there was because Eli Manning was not letting him play to his potential, and he had said that many times. So I feel like the reason that they're comparing this now is to kind of be like, oh, well, if Odell just kept his mouth shut and he stuck around, he would have had Daniel Jones, who, based on this game, showed his capabilities of throwing downfield, being a playmaker, and getting the plays, you know, that they need. And by going Odell, I mean, not all by his choice, he went to Cleveland, and uh, now he's dealing with Baker Mayfield, and they're struggling a little bit. So I feel like this is just kind of one of those things to where the media is just causing an issue that might not really be there. They're just kind of throwing it around and saying, oh, well, Odell had to go run his mouth, had to cause issues, had to get basically like packed his bags and got out of New York on his own. Yeah. And uh, if he stuck around, he might have been, for the next couple of years, been playing with Daniel Jones. And, and based on that first game, they're just saying, oh, you know, he's, he's doing better. He could have, it could have panned out better for him if he just stayed with New York. It also doesn't help that there was that quote that came out and said that Baker Mayfield couldn't believe that Daniel Jones was picked sixth overall. And apparently that was taken out of context according to Baker Mayfield. And yeah, I, 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 believe, I believe him, but... At the same time, you know there was a little bit of shade thrown because yeah. he doesn't hold back from, you know, talking trash uh, not about anyone because he's he's protecting his wide receiver and you know that that happens and I understand that he's for his team and I like guys who are for their team and I think that doesn't help either. I think that's why they're bringing the comparisons forward. Yeah. I'm sure Baker Mayfield has been rolling his eyes all day today just thinking it, about it, that because it in all honesty. It doesn't really like there, it's not a valid comparison. One game to a whole season that you can't compare. Yeah. You just can't compare it. I mean, maybe, you know, it's you could week, say... It's week three. We got a lot of time. To yeah. And I think I, people are just still so excited about the NFL like season starting. Yeah, anything. That they'll anything. take any form of information to try to say a, pr- a prediction or anything like that. I mean, there's a lot of overreactions week one. There's still overreactions right now. Oh, yeah. Like I mentioned before, Daniel Jones has a hard schedule moving forward. And he went up against the Buccaneers, so I'm sure... The Browns would love to be going against at this point in time because their schedule hasn't been friendly friendly to no. them so far either. So, why do people? I just don't understand why people have the right to say that Daniel Jones is better than Baker Mayfield, considering the fact that the Browns have had a hard schedule even before, you know, even thinking about like you know, oh, they have these weapons now mm-hmm. and their offensive lines okay. I mean, they're they're not they're pretty bad right now, but. Even before that, their schedule was going to be hard, and I think people overlook that, and they just thought just on paper that they were going to be, they should be three and zero up to this point. Well, I mean, yeah, they they based on paper, you just look at that. They have, an, um, like as we talked about, an amazing receiving core. Anyone will take that. They have a very good but younger defense. Like they've been drafting a lot in their secondary. Yeah, and uh, they're they and then they got it. Miles Garrett. I mean, they've been they've been drafting there, um, but. When you have young guys like that, they, they got to learn. It's not going to click right away. And, I mean, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to make rookie mistakes, sophomore mistakes. They're going to make them. It's not you. It just so happens he hasn't done it yet. Yeah. And I, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. going to. And that's that's what I feel like. I mean, the the Browns, their defense is kind of like back and forth because they're young guys and they're learning. And, and it's for a lot of guys, you know, playing in the NFL is not easy regardless, but you're going out there and you're you're learning the, the ropes. You're figuring out plays. You're getting better each time you go out there. So you got to give it time, and it's the same thing. I mean, 
just fortunately for the Giants, Daniel Jones went out there and killed it his first game. Yeah. But that's, as you said, that's not to say, you know, he's not going to stumble. He's not going to have issues. It's yeah. it's a whole long season still ahead, and it's bound to happen at least once. Statistically, it's got to happen at least once. So, so we'll if, it's, if it's not one thing, it's the other, and I keep forgetting to mention it because every time I'm trying to move forward with it because there's a lot more to this game than just Daniel Jones. But do you think Eli was genuinely happy that this happened to him, or do you think he's you know, trying to put it on an act for the cameras because he knows that he's there's going to be a lot of cameras on him on the sideline and watching what, you know, he's doing and how he's reacting to Daniel Jones succeeding. Do you think he's a little pissed about that or do you think he's genuinely happy that Daniel Jones stepped in and got their team a win and he's unselfish? Because it's a little hard for me to determine what yeah. he was feeling. I mean, I, in all honesty, it's human nature. He's got to be upset. He, he, a little bit. Maybe not, you know, he's not filled with... with guilt or anger or whatever he's going to be a little upset it's going to happen but I feel like to be fair Eli has had the last two or three years where they've been struggling and they've given him the opportunity they've let him play I mean other than them benching him at one time for Geno Smith he's gotten the opportunity to play they didn't really bench him they didn't have issues they just let him go out there and do his thing and they drafted the quarterback um their first overall pick was Daniel Jones and at that point, you kind of have to. You, you're, he's not stupid. He realizes that. He said he signed up for it. Yes, but did he think by week three he was going to be benched? I don't think anyone thought by week three he was going to be benched. I no. think they figured, oh, you know, week, I mean, most guys, 10, most guys were out of it. Yeah, exactly, exactly what you said. Most people were thinking, all right, by the middle of the season when they're kind of done, they're just going to throw him in for the future to see what happens. But I mean, it, it's a risky call to do that so early in the season, but it could change the whole season for them. And I, I think that him being taken off guard, that he because he, he thought he was going to play this whole season and probably see Daniel Jones every now and then. By week three, I'm sure he was taken off guard by that. So I'm mm -hmm. sure he's mad about it from that perspective, but I don't know if he's angry overall that he'll be benched here on out because he knew it was coming. I guess it just exactly. came earlier than expected. He, so. he knew it was coming, and I mean, he had, his, he had his chances. It's not like, you know, with Josh Rosen where he really didn't have a chance. Eli had his chances, and it just wasn't working out for the Giants or for Eli, so... Uh, all right, so, so let's jump into some other players here. But we have Evan Ingram, six receptions, 113 yards, um, and a touchdown, and the one touchdown was a 75-yard run by him. And, again, Daniel Jones putting it in the hands of his players and letting him take it to the end zone. Uh, very solid play, and I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't say this enough that Evan Ingram is so talented as a player. Unfortunately, yeah. he kind of has that tag on him that he's more of a wide receiver than a tight yeah, end because yeah. he does have to work on his blocking, and it comes with time. And, again, he's very young, but – Putting up six receptions, six receptions and 113 yards is a pretty solid game, so mm -hmm. you can't knock him on that. Sterling Shepard, seven receptions, 100 yards, and a touchdown. He is currently Daniel Jones' number one, and again, we have yet to see when Golden Tate comes back who he'll be giving the ball to a little more. I'm sure they'll all get their fair share, but Sterling Shepard, phenomenal player, and um, now, that he doesn't, now that he doesn't have to share the ball with Odell, um, I think we're going to see a lot more coming out of him, and I think we're going to see a lot more talent that he has come out of him too because he was a steal when we first drafted him. I mean, in yeah. the second round, I think that was a phenomenal pick, and I think adding depth to this wide receiving core, and he's had his injuries every now and then, which kept which has kept him out for a season. You know, the era where we had Odell, Brandon Marshall, and Sterling Shepard, people thought that was Super Bowl <laughs> year for the New York Giants. Lo and behold, that all of them ended up missing the season. But, uh, yeah, Sterling Shepard, phenomenal player, and I can't wait to see some more coming out of him. He's very young, and you can tell he's he's on the Daniel Jones bandwagon right now, and he, he's very excited to be playing with him in the future. Darius Slayton, again, three receptions, 82 yards. Um, a lot of them came downfield, and a lot of them in some situations. I got him in scoring positions, so I think we're going to see a lot from Darius Slayton, too. I think he's going to be staying in that role of spreading the field out a little bit, and if they needs to use him and send him downfield, they'll use him, but 
Um, you know, I was expecting a lot more out of Russell Shepard and Benny Fowler for the, due to the fact that Benny Fowler was his first touchdown in the preseason, and uh, Russell Shepard he used a lot too um, in the preseason. And, and again, you're not going to be able to use Sterling Shepard and stuff like that, so understandable. But I th- I think uh, we'll see a lot more a lot more work out of these guys too. And even those five yards that Benny Fowler has and um, the six yards that Russell Shepard had, those were still very significant in this game. And I think every pass counted when it came to Daniel Jones, and that kept them in the game, and he yeah. got them back. And did you know that in Eli Manning, Eli Manning in situations where he is down 18 points, so if there's an 18-point deficit, he is on 44 and trying to make a comeback. Daniel Jones is already 1-0. <laughs> um, so that's one thing I wanted to put out there. But, you know, I think that's something worth noting. Uh, let's move over to the Buccaneer side. And, I mean, Last thing on the Giants' defense, we know they're awful. And, I mean, Janoris Jenkins, I think he should he should have been traded last year. I think the Chiefs were inquiring about him, and I think we they just were, should have yeah. sent him over there. I think that would have helped as well, considering that towards the end of the season anyway, or or on the offseason, I should say, we got ended up getting rid of Odell Beckham and, and, you know, starting to make a change everywhere and stuff. So And we ended up bringing a lot of Browns players in, like Zeitler, who I'm so happy we have him now. He changes that offensive line's, you know, perspective of being a bad offensive line from those past couple years into mm-hmm. this is a really good offensive line. Um, and I think Jabril Peppers coming in, I have yet to see a lot out of him because, again, the defense's image as a whole, mm-hmm. it's not individual players, it's the whole unit, um, and they're not playing well at all. But DeAndre Baker's playing okay. Janoris Jenkins, on the other hand, um, he stood out the most because in, in some bad situations, he, he was in the spotlight of – you didn't cover Mike Evans. And a lot of the game, you didn't even have to cover Mike Evans. It was just like, how are you just going to let Jameis Winston come out and throw a 70-yard, 50-yard pass downfield to Mike Evans like as if your offense didn't just go out there and risk, you know, and, and put everything on the line for, for to be up in, in the on the scoreboard. So, um, But, yeah, we'll have to see moving forward. They're still considered one of the worst defenses in the league. And I think they've given up the most points other than the Dolphins in the NFL right now as a that's, defense. That's not as a defense team you want to be in no. comparison so, with right now. So, yeah, I mean, we'll have to see. They have to work on it. But now they got their quarterback, and now they can focus solely on their defense. Well, I mean, that, the thing, though, that they have to keep in mind is, is I mean, like you said, the score is 32-31, and the Giants ended up coming out with the win Asking to score, the Giants have to score probably at least around, give or take, 30 points a game to win with this the way their defense is playing. That's a lot to ask from every week from a rookie quarterback. For any quarterback, that's a lot. But especially from a rookie quarterback. So we'll, we'll see how Daniel Jones can handle that. Definitely. So Jameis Winston, 23 for 37, 330, 380 yards um, through the air. Three touchdowns and a pick. And the one pick came from, I forgot who it was. Oh, it was their rookie. Their Ryan rookie. Connolly. Yeah, Ryan Connolly. Yeah, their rookie. So that was... Uh, that was who the interception went to, obviously. But um, yeah, Jameis Winston. What, what more can you do here? It was kind of. It came down to a kick. So I mean, kind of just talking about everyone else. They split the backfield again with Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber. I guess that'll be. Um, it's running back by committee, basically, and whoever gets the ball, whatever you make with it, how many, however many yards you get, it's just what you do with your opportunities. So I, I don't think either of these guys will be coming out on top. I think Bruce Arians sees these guys as both talented, and I think they'll keep using them. As a split backfield moving forward, Mike Evans just – what else could you ask from this guy? Eight receptions, 190 yards, three touchdowns. He literally owns the Giants' defense, 
And um, I was expecting a big game from him too, but you know, I, I know that there's games that Chris Godwin comes out and he comes he comes in as a wide receiver where he, he acts like Mike Evans doesn't exist. But oh yeah, this was Mike Evans' time to come back and show everyone that he's still the guy. Do I um, know? Uh, OJ Howard finally yeah, catches some, the, some balls. The highlight so. of the uh, the game, he does not hate kids anymore. Oh no, he has three receptions for <laughs> 66 yards, that's so that's 300 dollars to the uh, that kids foundation. But a lot of people are doing that too. I think a lot of defensive players like whatever a tackle I make, it'll be. Um, or what something like that, it, it, uh, giving a hundred dollars, but, but yeah, um, that's another three hundred dollars into that foundation. Check that off the list. Um, and for the rest, Chris Godwin three receptions, forty yards. He'll get more involved later. Um, and yeah, I don't have much else to cover here. Uh, you're seeing that name, right? How do you pronounce that? Dare Ogimboale. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was like, wait a minute. It probably, a it's minute. probably like Dari Ogimboale, but again. Okay. I'm sure there's people is out that, there. Is that the guy are, a rookie? I've never heard of him. I don't know, and I don't feel like checking. Um, never but heard of him. yeah, again, this game came down to the kick. So what else are you gonna do there? And this is the big thing I wanted to get to on the Bucks side of the ball because again, their offense was did uh, did everything they can to win. So and again, the kicker missed some extra points earlier in the game too. He missed two. Extra he missed points. two. One got blocked by Dexter Lawrence. Yeah. The first one he just which missed. Is cool. Yeah. Um, and then Michael Thomas had a big defensive stop later in the game yeah. too, which I think was really awesome. And I always like Michael Thomas. I was just I'm still waiting on him to have his big games as he should because he came from Miami. Yeah, he was great in Miami. So why can't you be great in New York? But <laughs> um, Matt Gay misses that kick and he misses those extra points. The Bucks come out and say that he's their guy and they're not moving forward from him. I think every single NFL organization has to say that whether your kicker is 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 missing field goals or not, just because they have to. But you know they're going to bring in kickers in like the next two weeks. I mean, that's been said by every organization ever. And then literally that, the next day, uh, they bring in two kickers for a tryout. Oh, I thought he was your guy. I thought he was your guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they just do that to tell, tell the media. Like, yeah, you know, just, just to get off. them off their back. Exactly. And then so they don't ask all these questions. Matt Gay will not be their kicker by weeks. What's this week? Week four? <laughs> It'll be like week six. They're going to change kickers. We'll see. I, that was a game that should have been. It was all because, I, I pointed this out at the game, it was all because of his neon cleats. You can't go out there and wear neon. What's wrong with you? I if you were the Seahawks, maybe. It goes with your uniform, but no, you can't wear neon. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so what game are we going to next? I actually don't even know. There's a lot of good games this week. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm trying to think of a game where I can actually speak about because I didn't, I didn't see a ton of them. Oh, we could we could talk Ravens Chiefs. Why not? Okay. I okay. mean, this okay. was a very highly anticipated game going into week three. It was the game of the week. There was traffic going into Arrowhead since 3 a.m. I don't know if you saw that on Twitter, but there was cars lining up at 3 a.m. to try to get in there. Wow. Yeah. That's so they can make the tailgate and you <laughs> wow. know, I'll do all that. And, yeah, I saw it on Twitter. There That's was cars. dedication. Yeah, that is dedication. That's how highly anticipated this game was because you got two young quarterbacks who are the future of the NFL, and it's going to be a big rivalry moving forward, even though I don't know if they verse each other every year. Which I don't, and they're not even in the same division, but yeah, they're not. Those are two quarterbacks. If they do meet, it's going to be like a legendary. It'll type be like game. a Brady and Manning kind of. And this was thing. such an exciting game. And what I take away from this, and I, I know what Patrick Mahomes can do, and I think a lot of people coming into this year were looking at Lamar Jackson, saying like, what can he do? Because you can't run the ball all the time. This kid can throw. Yes, he already proved you know that from everyone, and he has a lot of people. Um, you know, he has a lot of people proven wrong this year. He's proven a lot of people wrong. Is what I meant to say. And he, for what I take away from this game is Lamar Jackson is literally a walking highlight. Like, this <laughs> dude, whatever play he can make, he will make it, whether it's throwing or if it's running. Like, he made that um, late-game uh, running play where he dodged people and stuff like that, and he made it's it to like the end zone and just, like, stood there, like, <laughs> stiff. But, like, there was also that play like Seth Roberts where he was, like, almost an uh, offensive pass interference, but then, like, he was getting sacked, and I don't think Seth, Rob Seth Roberts turned around and the ball was in his hands. Like, that's exactly what happened. So... 
Lamar Jackson's making plays this year against the Chiefs offense. That's very phenomenal. They could have easily been 3-0 if they didn't go up against each other, if it was any other yeah. team, because this was such a well-fought game by both teams. But at the end of the day, the Chiefs come out on top, and that's the power of Patrick Mahomes and the Andy Reid offense. But let's get into Lamar Jackson since we're on the topic of him. He was 22 for 30, 43, so not the best. Um, but, again, you're also throwing from behind as well, so he's going to have to use his legs later. Uh, 267 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. So a lot of his touchdowns came uh, from using his legs, um, which was just the one. But he also handed the ball off a lot to Mark yeah. Ingram as well, as you can see from the stats we're looking at. But Lamar Jackson reaches the end zone on a very crucial touchdown um, that in the game where he needed to make it, and he did. So I feel like that, that should count for his whole performance. It was eight carries, 46 yards, and a touchdown and I mentioned what the touchdown was before. Mark Ingram, 16 carries, 103 yards, three touchdowns. They used them a lot in the red zone. And, again, they like to run the ball. So yeah. if, if Lamar Jackson isn't throwing, they'll run the ball, and they're going to run effectively. And, um, yeah, that's what's going to happen. They also give the ball to Gus Edwards a little bit. Gus Edwards, uh, bit, seven yeah. carries, 53 yards. He was good last year when they were trying to implement mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson into the offense. So I, th- I think he'll be a reliable weapon as well. But Mark Ingram, do you think he performs like that moving forward? Because I think him going to Baltimore, he was like, I'm going to sign here because I know we're running the ball, and I'm going to be getting this ball, and I'm going to be having t- types of games like this. Do you think it's like that moving forward, or Lamar Jackson throws a little more? Uh, I mean, I don't think he's going to get three touchdowns. I think the yardage, 103 yards, is realistic. I think he can get yeah. around that yeah. each week, but I don't think three touchdowns. I think maybe like one. Did you hear what Lamar Jackson had to say to the media after the game? I just watched it like right before we started. No, what he said. So he said, I hate running the ball. I'd rather throw touchdowns. But that's what he. But he runs. He all says, the "I time. only, I only want to run when I have to." I, but that's, like, that is like kind only, of. I would what only he does, need though. to run when I have to. Basically. That is kind of what he does, though. He doesn't just run for fun. He does kind of run when he has. Well, to. there was one play where he was like he wasn't gonna throw it because I guess he he couldn't find anyone open right away, and he did like a spin move. Oh yeah. When no one was around him, he's like he twirls. Like that's what that's what the like the announcer was saying. I'm like, what was that? I, I don't know. I guess he was trying to fake he's, out. He's the, Lamar Jackson. The the. the uh, the uh, defensive ends, but uh, and then he ended up making a play out of it anyway. He ended up make, <laughs> making some yardage out of it. I just thought it was funny. I'm like, imagine just doing a spin move back there, just because you have that much just time for back fun. there to do that. Yeah, <laughs> he's dancing. <laughs> and I think the story of the Ravens' offense right now, other than them running the ball, is that if he's going to throw it, he likes to throw to his tight ends. And again, these guys have three tight ends that are very talented. And again, Hayden Hurst is one of the least of them, even though he was their first round pick. To be and the best, he is. But um, the the hi- the 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 big highlight of their offense, especially for the last two weeks, was Mark Andrews, who didn't get the ball a lot this game. He was dealing with a foot injury, and he still happened to be active. But he had three receptions for 15 yards. But we, uh, Nick Boyle, if it's not one tight end, it's going to be the other. And Nick Boyle got four receptions for 58 yards. Again, he had no touchdowns through the air, but that's all I wanted to mention that there. And then Marquise Brown. And Marquise Brown, Willie Sneed, and Seth Roberts. What's cool about these guys is they each had around two receptions, and then Willie Sneed had three. Every like one every one of them had at least one catch that was like part of the game where it put them in scoring position. Yeah. Like uh, Seth Roberts, like I mentioned before, Willie Sneed caught a ball on like on the left side of the field that was like almost impossible to catch. Mm. And the Marquise Brown, obviously, he's Marquise Brown. He's a downhill yeah. threat, and he ended up getting his fair share too. I thought those were pretty cool. That even though those guys weren't involved the offense in the offense a lot, they did make what they got count. So definitely. Uh yeah, let's move over to the Chiefs side. Um, oh wow! Yeah, Pat Mahomes, twenty-seven for thirty-seven, three hundred seventy-four yards, three touchdowns. This this dude could throw to anyone in his wide receiver core, and they'll 
make something out of it. So like McCall oh, Hardman, yeah. who has been in fantasy, has a lot of people picking him up. And then Demarcus Robinson as well, who came from that game from the Raiders, also had a touchdown. He had three receptions for 43 yards, while uh, McCall Hardman had the two receptions for 97 yards and a touchdown. Did he you had see that. that catch? Yes. Oh my God, man! I don't know how he came down with that. It was like a one-handed. That catch. was amazing. Yeah, that was really, really cool. I thought that was awesome. It's just—he's just—he has that support behind him in Pat Mahomes, and, and, and they're doing this without Hill. No, they're doing and he this. Just signed an extension without Tyreek. Nope. That's what's. I, nope. These like Pat, poor Mahomes, man. I mean, I know it's not all. It's out of his control. I mean, you know, they lose Kareem Hunt, who was doing well for them last year. Then this year he they comes in. They didn't have in. Damian Williams playing either. Yeah, then this year he comes in and he loses Tyreek Hill. I mean, he's losing significant weapons, and he's still making it work, yeah. which is and Sammy amazing. And Wat- Sammy Watkins isn't even getting as much work as he did that first game, and people were expecting that, and he's throwing <laughs> to every other person but him. Travis <laughs> Kelsey, even though he doesn't, reach his, he doesn't reach the end zone, he's getting his bulk of the work too. Uh, seven receptions, 89 yards. And uh, my friend showed me, like, he did, he did like a trick play. Or something like that. We like fake the handoff twice. Oh yeah, like yeah. It was going opposite ways, and he ends up throwing it to Travis Kelsey. I thought that was really cool. Um, but yeah, man, I'm not sure what else to say about this Chiefs offense. They're just way too, way, way, way too good. And and I mean, you in theory, you would think they would just be getting better when Hill comes back. And I forgot to mention this. So the Chiefs are going to be versing. Uh, I mean, I'll read. I'll literally read it to you because I have it with me. But the Chiefs are going to be versing the Lions in Detroit. Um, in Detroit, in a in a dome, and Pat Mahomes hasn't played in a dome his whole NFL career, and you know how that could help teams like the Falcons, who are playing 13 games in a dome, which is why I have them favorited to win their division, even though it's a little shaky right now. Um, but the Chiefs have never scored fewer than 26 points with Patrick Mahomes as their starting quarterback, never. So that's one thing. And a great stat on a Good Morning Football said that Chiefs quarterback Pat Mahomes has yet to play in an indoor football game in the NFL. His first will be this Sunday versus the Lions. Last last game indoors was at Texas Tech in 2016. <laughs> and you want to guess his stats through the air? What did he have, like 400 yards? And how many touchdowns? Five. Close. He had 600 yards and six touchdowns <laughs> in a dump. So, yeah, good night to the Lions. Jeez. You know, c- c- like Celebrate your win against the Eagles all you want. And, again, you guys played a great game. The, yeah. Eagles, didn't play, the Eagles didn't play a great game. And you won that, which a lot of people thought they weren't going to win that game. Yeah, enjoy it because it's all you're going to lose by fifty this game, and there's no doubt about it. There's nothing you can do about there's it. It's coming. He's playing in a dome. <laughs> nothing could affect him. This dude launches things downfield in cold weather and windy weather, and still makes it. Still makes plays out of it. He's going to have every pass no look because why? Why does he have to? Why <laughs> do you need to? You're indoors, <laughs> and the ball's going to travel to where you want it to go, without the weather being a factor into it. So. I think that's an interesting thing to look at. But, again, phenomenal game. Highly anticipated game of the week. And it, it was very fun to watch for both quarterbacks. You know what, so, go, to, go to that Eagles game. Go to it. Eagles game? Let's we'll do it. Yeah, it. might as well. Uh, where am I at? So, the, it was the Detroit Lions against the Philadelphia Eagles. They were in Philadelphia, oh my right? God, Detroit's undefeated. Yeah, they haven't lost. Because <laughs> they have a tie. I, I, think that's, I think I saw a stat, which is like a first time in like a couple years that they've done that. But yeah. um, they were in Philadelphia, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, they uh, were in Philly. Yeah, so the Detroit Lions against the Philadelphia Eagles and the 27-24 to Eagles fall to 1-2, and two, tied with the Giants. And the Detroit Lions are undefeated, like Chris said before. They're 2-0-1, oh, New Jersey area code. Um, it's just a gross-looking no, undefeated, it's awful. but it's it awful. works. It's awful. It's at the fact in, that there's a one and the statistically, a third in the column. They're they're undefeated. They haven't they lost, they but haven't lost. They have a tie. It's just eh. they will lose this week. 
<laughs> oh yes. Oh yeah. There's no doubt about it. Imagine they don't. If they don't lose, I'm just imagine they go like 15 0 and one. That would just anger They've me. They've been underdogs at home <laughs> twice in a row. The other one against the Chargers, now against the Chiefs. Rightfully so for the Chiefs, though. Oh yeah, yeah. But I'm telling you, it, uh, they're not going undefeated. No. But if they were to, and they went 15 0 and one, I would just be so angry. That would just I, especially since they did go 0 and 16 that one season. That I, would kind of, every fan would be like, yo, what? What's like up? I, I would just I would ask if they could just go back and play that like play an extra like overtime because I don't I don't know. Yeah, you we're gonna be, redo that. You game. can't be fifteen zero and one. There was literally a game last night in the MLB where they went until four a.m. Oh, that's. I know it's less physically taxing to play that long. Yeah, it was nineteen innings. That's insane. But there's a winner out of yeah. all of it. So why not play an extra five minutes for? Yeah, and, and the difference is in here they don't play the next day. In the MLB, they might play that next day. Like I know it's happened to the Yankees where yes. they've played till like two or three a.m. and they had a one o'clock start. And the next sometimes day. they cancel games because of rain delays, and they have two games the next yeah. day because they have to reschedule it. Have, so it's exactly. kind of like so that's more demanding. I know, I know it's football and it's physically demanding, but still, that tie is disgusting, and that can affect every other team. We mentioned that before. Like they oh have, yeah, th- this team has to lose by this much for the other t- another team has to win this game for your team to make it. Into yeah, the I mean, playoffs. it could be a beneficial factor for them if they are in the playoff run or it could kill them because they had that time if it was a win they would have made speaking it speaking so. of 2-0-1 that's how many yards Matt Stafford had he, he went 18 for 32 with 201 yards and a touchdown it's all planned it's all according to plan <laughs> yeah so JD McKissick had one carry for 44 yards and again that's the type of player J, JD McKissick is that and just gets me angry and they just brought him in not too long ago and the yeah and the fact that he has more yards than carry on Johnson who had 20 gets carries me angry and a touchdown which adds more to it it's I don't know. I like Carryon Johnson so much. I do much. too. I like him. I love him a lot because he ha- he was the first uh, running back in a very long time for them that got them 100 yards last year against the I, Patriots. You know how sad that is. It is very sad. That's. I mean, I know it's nothing's given to you in the NFL, but they had like Reggie Bush, I think he was the last running back. To yeah, do most likely. And they had, but they had Legarrette Blunt too, and he couldn't do it. They weren't using Legarrette Blunt that, like that, he that's was point in of, New that's, England. That's part of it. Well, New England slash. Philadelphia, even Philadelphia, they weren't using them. Well, I mean, because they had like five running backs. Yeah, and then in recent, what do they have? Theo Riddick was that their main guy? Like, I get it, I get why. And he's gone. Yeah, and he's out for the season. Yep, on the Broncos. But we'll move forward here. Marvin Jones, I've been waiting for this from Marvin Jones because you just dropped him, right? Yes, in fantasy because I just dropped him. He's shown on the waiver wire. By the way, I have like three tight ends on my team now. Yeah, I have like one. I spoke to our buddy Matt. Little Matt, we call him because oh, little Matt. He's he's the same height as the other Matt in our league now, but Which, but they weren't at the but I'm they weren't they were a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, so th- we still call him that. But he was like uh, he tried. I think we were talking about a trade. I think I wanted like a Mari Cooper, and I was gonna give him like three players just for him and like Robbie Gold who's on a bye this week. So it would have been like a great trade. But the thing is, our league vetoes. So I think there would have oh, been a veto yeah. there. Oh no, you, we veto. Are you kidding? Would me? you veto that trade? I probably I wouldn't have cared. I was gonna give up <laughs> Delaney Walker. Philip Lindsay, Brandon Cooks, and I just wanted Amari Cooper and Robbie Gold is on a bus. I, I don't think I would have you know that. Okay, so I've yeah, and because I, I, the reason I was going to do that trade is because he was going to pick up Darren Waller from the Raiders. Ah, uh, and I, I told Matt, I'm like, he's like, he's like, you can take Robbie Gold. I'm going to drop him tomorrow when I pick up uh, uh, Darren Waller. I'm like, Matt, I'm, hi- I'm higher him. in the wa- <laughs> I'm higher in the waiver wire than you. And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, stop scoring so many points, and maybe you'll be higher in the waiver wire. <laughs> But yeah, I was like second on the waiver wire, and uh, Danny, our other friend, does not pick up anyone. Oh, ever. I beat him. I beat Little Matt. Oh, you did. He doesn't. He's not undefeated anymore. No, 
The only person undefeated is uh is Abdallah. Yes. Abdallah. But yeah, moving forward with this game, Marvin Jones, and I, got, I know he swayed off a little bit into fantasy football, but he did have a phenomenal day. Six receptions, 101 yards, and a touchdown. Averaged 16.8 yards per catch. Um, absolutely phenomenal game by him, and I think he needs to be implemented more. But I think we need to see games like where it was in the Rams game where Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks both got like 100 yards on six receptions. And I think him and Kenny, Kenny Galladay could be able to do that because Definitely. I think they're both that good. They're like 1A, 1B a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll always be 1A, 1B, but I think Kenny Galladay kind of slips through as more of a number one than Marvin Jones. But you know Marvin Jones can put up these numbers if he really wants to, especially if he's healthy. But Danny Mandola, four receptions, 37 yards. Eh, he's, if he's not in the Patriots, no, don't bother. Um, but he had a good game last week. Sure. Um, but Kenny Galladay two receptions 17 yards again Marvin Jones show so he's not going to get a lot of work either and uh, again only the one touchdown from Matt Stafford in this game but um, again the, the Lions were just all over the place in this game they had that special team touchdown as well yeah just kind of added to everything and then carry on Johnson on the ground added to it too um, but yeah that was that just goes to show you that the Eagles are in shambles right now I was, I, was, I was very happy that they lost I mean it, it doesn't have any impact on me it was They're Jamal Agnew my division, who got it Jamal Agnew oh yeah 100 yard wow look it was at a that hun- it was a 100 yard return wow yeah. is that the first return of the year has there been another re- kickoff return no yeah. it's the longest of this year um, I don't think it's only been three weeks I highly doubt it yeah okay um, Matt Prater do you still have him on your team yeah, he got me points this week. He yeah, actually but he also got had me a, points. Was it a block kick? But it's okay <laughs> because he got me points. We're taking baby steps here. He didn't give me anything last week. Malcolm he got Jenkins. me like five or something. Malcolm I'll take Jenkins. It. That was a phenomenal play. I think he was like, "I'm not losing this game," <laughs> and he just like he thought that and that <laughs> happened. But Carson Wentz, I think in at this moment in time, he's doing everything he can to help this team. But all in all, it's just making him look bad, and I think he's facing a lot of criticism right now just because he signed that contract, and people are like, well, this wouldn't happen if Nick Foles was in there. But listen, Nick Foles is hurt for the season. Carson yeah. Wentz isn't. So yet. no one puts that into perspective at all. He's not yet. Yeah. Oh, yet. Maybe. <laughs> I hope he doesn't get injured because he's a great quarterback, and I am a Giants fan, but I, don't, I, I like Carson Wentz. Not going to lie, I'm starting to like Dak Prescott after his comment about the spicy nuggets in the huddle. You so, just, I mean, I guess when you play the Dolphins, you can do that, but like... That's so, so random. offensive. Every Dolphins player should be so angry about that, but we'll talk about it later. Uh, yeah, 19 for 36, 259 yards, two touchdowns. He did what he can to win this game all in all. Did you but see that didn't. one play? Um, I don't think I ever sent it to you. I meant to send it to you, so my bad. But their offensive line like gave up like mid-play. Yes, I've Because I think yes. they thought the ball came out, they probably and thought, it didn't. Yeah, I don't. But they just all stood up. I saw that. And I just did. let Carson Wentz get manhandled by like three <laughs> defenders. I, I did see that. Yeah, so that wasn't a good look. But... um. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking <laughs> Whatever. There. Miles Sanders, not a great game by him. He did fumble the ball yeah, twice. I mean, he, he did good receiving. Sure. But um, he, he two, lost fu- the ball, two fumbles yeah. is bad. Yeah. 13 carries, 53 yards um, in the receiving game. He had two receptions for 73 yards. So that helps your case a little bit. But at the end of the day, fumbles aren't going to help yeah, you your team win. You got to the ball. Um, yeah, and Jordan Howard reaches the end zone. 11 carries, 37 yards, and a touchdown. And again, this offense is just like you have t- you have if you have like five – running backs you're going to use every one of them to their advantage here and i think jordan jordan howard i almost said jordan sanders and miles howard <laughs> that would have been bad they're combined but, but yeah there's just split in the backfield here and i think the, the eagles are known for that they like they kind of like mixing it up a little bit they don't like yeah. having a number one guy and i knew that as soon as miles sanders got drafted I'm, i was like well i'm not taking jordan howard in this draft no and it wasn't going to happen um but yeah zach Ertz, four receptions 64 yards decent game by a tight end um, Matt Collins. <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> Four receptions, 62 yards. Is he a receiver? And the big 
the big player of the game oh. is uh, Nelson Aguilar, who misses another opportunity to win his team another game. One against the Falcons, one against the Lions. Now, <laughs> why don't um, why don't we discuss what the the gentleman in Philly I has will. gone viral for? I will. But he had eight receptions, fifty yards, and two touchdowns. So on paper, this looks great. But which could have won them a game is him catching the ball. And Again. in that scenario, that that what was it? A dr- was it a fumble? What? Uh, did he drop a catch or did he fumble it? I thought he dropped it. I don't know. I forgot. I, I feel like I've heard know. like ten things. Yeah, I don't. I wasn't watching it. Uh, yeah, when yeah. It I th- ended. That play I didn't watch in particular. Yeah, but I know it was a crucial point in the game, which he could have won. And but I did oh, see yeah. the one against the Falcons, which was bad. That one was. That one, it's like Falcons one, should be like what, what are they one and two? Yeah, they th- should be zero and three. That right one now. he blamed on the lights. <laughs> what? How do you blame it on the lights? Like. That's so funny. You're wide open. You you have to catch that. Like, come on now. Uh, but, yeah, so was, I, I can't quote this guy word for word, but he pretty much um, – <laughs> there was a there was a fire, this guy, this guy in Philadelphia. There was a fire near him by a house, I guess, and there was a family upstairs, and they couldn't get the kids downstairs, and he was he was going to walk up to the door, and he opens the door, and his, he was just met by a bunch of smoke that hit his face. So he walks back down the stairs, and they open the window upstairs, and they start throwing kids out the window so he could catch them. <laughs> and he went on to go in an like uh, in an interview with the station, whatever was covering him, uh, were covering the story, I guess. And he was just like, "Yep, I was catching them kids." Unlike Agalor, <laughs> he's like, "I just need to put that out there and his mistakes." And it's kind of like that's so Philadelphia. You have no idea because those guys, the Eagles, mean everything to them. <laughs> and the fact that he was literally—that's probably one of the best stories you could have as a person to actually save people from. A and, disaster. And that's like that. what he had to say. And that's what he had to say. That was. Uh, he's like. Yeah, and they were like. Oh, that was on your mind during it. And he was like. Yeah. Actually, I could pull up. They actually it, interviewed him again. But Nelson Aguilar actually went on Twitter and, and was like, "Come to the next." And game. he wanted to give. <laughs> he got him tickets. Rightfully so, because. That's, but that's so funny. He is a, a hero now. But that that was so funny though. All like, right. So this was from my sports update, and I'm gonna play it here. But hold on, let me mute this because I want to start from the beginning. All right. Here we go. Nope. That's not it. He says he caught a baby and an adult woman in the air. You can believe in me. I'm not going to drop her. So she came down. Boom. My first I caught two. You caught two? Mm-hmm. And then ran him in for a touchdown. After rescuing people from a burning building, how was the Eagles' loss still on his mind in that moment? Must have been my own day. That was earlier the same day. That happened. Maybe 12 hours or so. Less than that. Yeah. Hey, I'm thinking about that all day. He says he that's insane. <laughs> it's so funny. It's I'm hilarious. Out here, unlike Agalor, though. Unlike so Agalor. Uh, yeah, that was that was hilarious. I don't think there's that, that's the funniest thing I've heard all week after that. That's I mean now he'll, he'll be at the Eagles game next week. Props good everyone's overshadowing the fact that he did a great thing by what he said. But I mean kudos to this man. Just just for being this man. For just going, for being for, yourself. For catching the kids and immediately thinking and about And having Nelson to Aguilar. make that comment. That was That's almost like you break up with your girlfriend and then like after that you're just like, Yeah, I just I wanted to do something good because, you know, I'm going through this breakup. But for him it's kinda like this guy, Nelson Aguilar, cost us the game. So I'm gonna make sure I don't cost I'm gonna them. make sure I blow up his spot here <laughs> instead of focusing on what I did. Um I'm not gonna yeah. drop them kids. Like <laughs> yeah. Uh, another thing I need to mention here for the game, not about this guy. I'm over this guy now. But uh, Dallas Goddard drops uh, literally a pass in his hands that probably could have gave them the game as well. So I think people are forgetting that even though Aguilar missed that opportunity, Dallas Goddard also 
to his day, he probably that one catch he would have made probably was going to put numbers on his stats, um, and could have won them the game, but not anymore. So that's something he's got to work on. And again, I'll give the benefit of the doubt here to Carson Wentz because he doesn't have Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. They should be coming back though. Yeah, so. uh, Alshon Jeffrey's is slated to play this week. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson. What is it? A groin injury still or something? I don't know what's up with him, but if you have Alshon Jeffrey back, that should help you. Definitely. But losing your two weapons, that's definitely it's hard. It's hard because now you got to go. You got to throw to Dallas Goddard, who can't throw a pass in his mm-hmm. can't catch a pass in his hands, and mm-hmm. Nelson Aguilar, who's and, already and been known Mac to lose them Collins, games. Mac Collins, whoever that is, and JJ Arcega Whiteside. <laughs> just that's just a cool name. <laughs> yeah, man. But also the the. The, the Eagles' corners are just bad, and I think they're going to lose Ronald Darby this week. I think he's hurt. Um, he has a, He's dealing with an injury. But Malcolm Jenkins, at the end of the day, he did his best to try to win them the game, too, with that blocked kick, but yeah. it just didn't happen. So I move forward here. Lions, undefeated. I don't think I'll ever say that can, again. Can we just get it over with, the game that I don't want to talk about? What don't you want to talk lost, about? Oh, so the Falcons. It's up there. You passed. Oh, it. I did I'm pass gonna, it. That's I'm how gonna, much. Uh, I'm, I'm going to just be really angry here so i'm angry because i put money down on the falcons for this game and i put house money down that i had in DraftKings that i won when i was the sole person to put money down on the bucks against the panthers um in week two on thursday night football and i regret it now i will never bet on the atlanta falcons ever again they were my team to win this division i was expecting them to go what, what is it 13 games in a dome you should i i they were gonna have a pretty what were they gonna be like 12 and Maybe 12, 12 and 4, four. Like, uh, kind of that, like, kind of like that. Maybe 11 and 5, but 12 and 4 was the type of thing I was hoping for because if you're t- playing in a dome like that and you're already used to playing in those conditions, I, I felt as though you could have won them. But to go over the score here, the Falcons fall to 1 and 2. They lose 24 to 27 against the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts move forward to 2 and 1. And I'll mention this again and I'll say it again. This Colts team should not be overlooked. And I was overlooking them because I thought the Falcons were just the better team. Um, and again, they were coming off a pretty big win. And I knew the Falcons were... Um, their last game before this was against the Eagles. Yes, it was the night. So games. I was expecting them to capitalize on them too. So both coming off some good wins, and I thought the Falcons were just a better team overall. But unfortunately, um, they do fall short by three points. But uh, let's go over the Falcons now because I'm sure you want to talk about them a bit. Matt Ryan, 29 for 34, not bad. 304 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Okay, this is what we need to stop doing. Okay. So he has, I think, six interceptions, and a and, lot. and four of them. Are to Luke Stalker. Can we stop throwing wait, to him? Wait, four of them? Four interceptions four, we're, are to Luke Stalker. We're targeting Luke Stalker. No, it's not. Four of them were targeting Luke Stalker. What? When he threw the pick. Can we stop throwing to him? Just just four get him out. out of the six are yes, to Luke Stalker. We're thrown to him. He wow. does not know either Stalker is not running the right routes or Matt Ryan does not know how to throw to him. That is news to me. I don't know what's going on because By the way. they've been awful. Like, most of the inter- oh, all four of them were like nowhere near him. Like they were just easy picks. So. If Matt Ryan's gonna throw, Dirk Cutter, please run the ball with your freaking running back. I'm so angry about this. I know he did. He That's not enough yards. for me. That's not enough. That's not enough. He <laughs> reached the end zone once. Get him into the end zone. He doesn't want to do that. Please. Sixteen carries, eighty-eight yards for Devontae Freeman. Those aren't bad numbers. And I know Ito Smith only got the ball once for no for no yardage, and he did get hurt. That's yes. why. But I'm sure if he wasn't hurt, he wouldn't have these numbers. Oh, no, no. They're going to give it to Edo Smith. What is this? They know. Monte Freeman's your best guy to give the ball to. Yeah. Why not do it? You could see there's no faith in this guy because they were trying to score with Edo Smith against the Eagles. I know. After Devontae Freeman got them to the scoring position. So, 
I don't know. I couldn't be more angry about this, and I'm not betting money on the Falcons ever again. I, I, I don't know if they're just worried. They're he's trying on my to. Team. That's I don't. I don't know about. if they're trying to control him because they're worried with he's been injured the last two years. I don't know if they're trying to not have him break down. I don't know because why is that the trend with both of my running backs? I have Todd Gurley <laughs> and Devontae Freeman on my team, and they're not giving the ball to either of them. So, you know, you know, Todd Gurley has like one catch for like four yards this year, <laughs> or something like that. That's it, <laughs> Todd Gurley. So and. Both have really expensive contracts. Oh yeah. So what are we doing? Yeah. So for any running back moving forward they're that wants to hold out, paying, yeah. don't give me that. They're they're like the top in the top five of being paid for running backs, both yeah. of them. So they're getting paid, but not getting the ball. Ooh, that's for sure. Ooh, that's my man. Let's talk about that's my boy. Julio. That's my boy. Julio Jones, eight receptions, 128 yards, and a touchdown. He reaches the end zone. Was that in like later in the game where they're actually that was trying their to make last? It? Yeah, that was our last. They points. were trying to. Yeah, they were. Dude, they were trying it to was come back. I couldn't believe he caught it. He was in the back corner, double teamed. Dude's a beast. I was watching it and I was like, "Give it to Julio. Give it to Julio. Give it to Julio." Because I mean, I have him on fantasy, but I also want to see him score. T- you do like Julio though. So I was just like, "Come on, come on, come on, come on." And, and I watched it, and I watched it throw, and, like, I saw them go, and I was like, okay. Like, I, I figured it was incomplete. Like, I was like, where'd the ball go? And then they, they motioned for a touchdown, and I'm like, he held on? Yeah. I was like, he got his feet down? Oh, my yeah. God. He was Love doubled Jones, in the bro. back corner, and he came down with his it. Stats always come fo- his stats always come at the end of the game. Like, you look at it on paper, and it's like, well, he had a nice game overall, but towards the end of the game is when he got that touchdown, and towards the yeah. end of the game is where he started getting all those yards. So Yeah, I mean. Uh, but yeah, the, that's a trend for Julio. Yeah, but, but the, the whole offense as a whole didn't start really doing anything until the second half. No. We were losing 20-3, to three, yep. and, and we lost 24-27. to 27. We completely changed in the second half in terms of offense. I guess in defense, too. It's but. tough to play with Matt Ryan playing from behind, though, because you know how many picks he has. You know they like to take some risks, and that means they're not running the ball, which... Is a, is a good reason not to give the ball to Devontae but, Freeman, but you got to do these things earlier in the game. Take your risk early in the game because it's high risk, high reward. You could be up by halftime. Keep that lead yeah, later but, on, but what are you going to do in the second half but what's when really, it's too late? What's really funny, though, is that Freeman had the most yards he's had all season, and this was the biggest deficit we had, or maybe not the biggest. Maybe we were down more going against um, Minnesota, but we were down by like 17 or 20 points going into half, right. and he still ended up getting 88 yards. You would think he would have gotten nothing because we were getting killed, yeah. and we had to keep throwing, but whatever. Uh, I mean, other than Julio, Austin Hooper had a pretty great game. Looks yeah, like he's um, going to be getting one reception for two yards every game moving forward until probably week 12 because that's how they like to use Austin Hooper. So usually yeah. when it's feed the hot hand, which a lot of people go with when in certain situations – they're not going to give the ball to Austin Hooper moving forward. I'm telling you right now, he's never going to get six receptions for 66 no. yards and two touchdowns. No. That's once in a blue moon. Yeah, and they'll trick you like that because in fantasy, you're like, oh, should I pick him up? I have him on my bench in one of our leagues. But that's the most he'll do. Yeah. It's just, be on your bench. I wouldn't, I wouldn't keep him in You want Devontae Freeman? I don't want him. Do I want him? Um, which uh, wh- which league Henry. do you have? No, I don't want him. No. <laughs> I'm not giving you Derek Henry. I've I waited know. three years for him. I looked yesterday. Finally... I literally stared at our fantasy league for an hour yesterday, and I'm like, I can't make a trade with anyone, number one. <laughs> and number two, since our last trade got vetoed, uh, not my <laughs> trade, someone else's trade to get Camara. Um, no one's going to no veto no everything. One's, everyone's going to veto me. Because listen, Danny and Matt are going to be like, oh, you can veto us, we'll veto you. That's two. Um, I'm pretty sure Abdallah will veto everything. And then Steve will probably be like, nah, because you didn't <laughs> trade with me. So that's four. So that's just never going to happen. I don't think you would veto it. I don't think Mark would. I don't think... You know, and then I, I'll be I mean, it, it depends on what day. it is. If it's a pure... Awful trade. Awful trade. I'm vetoing it. Well, I don't care who's involved. I think our league now on is just going to veto for whoever trades because yeah, I mean, that's that mo. But 
let's keep covering this game a little bit. So Luke Stalker, we, you know. <laughs> but Mohamed Sanu, six receptions, 75 yards. Um, again, not a bad game on paper, just first half. You want to know what was very interesting that a lot of people were frustrated about? Right there. Calvin Ridley only had one catch for six yards. That won't happen again. I think Mohamed Sanu was just kind of in the game more than Calvin Ridley was at yeah. this point in time, which is okay because Mohamed Sanu was there before him. So it's kind of yeah. like if Matt if Matt Ryan at this at that point in time in the game is like, if I can get the ball to Mohamed Sanu better than I can to Calvin Ridley, that's not going to be an issue for me. Yeah, and I mean, I guess the one good thing I could take away from this game, if there was any, because I mean... Keanu Neal is now out for the season. I was going to get to him too. And our we had like 16 or 17 penalties, which is awful. I guess the good thing. How are we looking offensive line wise? I haven't really paid attention to that. Are you guys? Is your is the depth you have at guard helping you, or is it? They're not doing. I mean, they're. I, I think they've improved since last year. Um, they're definitely not like a top five, top ten. I don't think offensive line, but he's clearly getting enough time because he's getting the yards he's getting the deep throws he's getting enough time and i think that's fine as long as he's getting the time it doesn't really matter i mean i don't think the colts really had a have a great pass rush so i don't know if this was a great game to really you know utilize it from i I remember that justin houston play he had a pretty good play later. yeah but but last week when we played philly they have a pretty good rush like a rush from their defense, and we held because they're them, a good defense, and we held them relatively okay. I think we gave up like one or two sacks, so that's that's good. That's good. It's good because you could easily be zero and three right now. Yeah, I it mean, was it for? Oh none yeah, none other than Nelson Aguilar. But yeah, uh, but, yeah losing Keanu Neal that was bad. Um, the one thing I'm mad about is I know you can't control emotions in, in that point in time, but uh, he's officially has a torn Achilles and he's going to miss the rest of the year. He missed last year due to a torn ACL against the Eagles first game of the year, so that that was that was bad. But um, you could see his emotion. It was very sad. He knew exactly. I thought it was another ACL thing, but it turned out he still knew exactly what he was, he was going to be going through because he's yep. like, this could, I could miss the season because of this injury. You could see it in his face, but he tossed the helmet, and there was a penalty on that, and that cost them another score that probably could have kept them in the game because if it wasn't for that score, this would be a whole different story. Maybe they could have won the game, but if you toss your helmet, that's a penalty, 15-yard penalty. Yep, and, on, it's, uh, that, and they scored on after that. Conduct, yeah. And they scored, they scored Just, after that. I mean, I don't want to be this kind of person. That's like, oh, you know, the refs. I don't want to blame. I'm not putting all the blame on the refs. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying. Like this guy tore his Achilles right in front of you and you're giving him a flag. I think that's And, and there were a lot of questionable things. I mean, a lot of times we were getting some plays and, you know, we would get like a decent play. And then it got called back from holding. Or it got called, called back from like a, whole, a block in the back or something. And then the Colts are getting these huge plays. And I'm watching the replays, and I'm like, come on now. You called us on holding on that exact same type of block, but they didn't get called for it. So it was it was kind of frustrating me because, at like, what, you know, when we're losing 20-3, to 3, I get it. It's not a close game. But then, like I said, we I, the one thing that I'm excited about is we actually started to make a comeback. We didn't just roll over and die. We, we tried, and we yeah. almost did it. But as we were making a comeback, we were, like, you know, building and building, and we already had this huge mountain to climb. And then by getting all these flags Literally everything was was getting called back on us. It was making it that much harder for us to keep going forward. And I feel like if, like you know, I, as they've mentioned in around the league, that holding penalties are up like a lot from last year, and like a lot of the penalties are getting oh, called. Yeah. Rough in the passer. It's, it's just like it's kind of it's getting me annoyed because it's kind of like it's literally ruining the game. Like there were multiple times where the Colts we stopped them on third down and then they threw a flag for like a holding or this. Yeah. And I was just like, "Oh my god, it happened like two times on one drive <laughs> and then they ended up getting points." And it was just like 
I know that's part of the players, but it's kind of like what sucks is that there are some refs that wouldn't even throw the flag on that. And it just happens that we got the the, the flag happy refs this week and it sucks because that that kind of I mean, we committed some of the penalties, but that kind of cost us the game too, but whatever. Uh, so, yeah, we'll go over to the Colts' side because, again, they did win this game. Uh, Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett, 28 for 37, 310 yards through the air, two touchdowns. Um, they got. I think that this this is a pretty good guy to have on your team. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is your quarterback for sure because after losing Andrew Luck the week before the season started, that's not good. But luckily, um, Jacoby Brissett was there during the Andrew Luck injury with to his shoulder, and he was able to fill in his spot during that year. And he wasn't even that bad during that year either. It's just he's filling the void of a very – very, very solid player that people wish he probably still was playing. But watching Jacoby Brissett is very exciting, too, uh, considering the fact that um, he's not turning the ball over. He's very smart with the ball. Uh, Marlon Mack had 16 carries, 74 yards, reached the end zone. I feel like he's been getting the ball like 25 times every game, and he hasn't been getting into the end zone. But finally, yeah. they help him out there. Um, T.Y. Hillen left the game with an injury, but he ended with eight receptions, 65 yards, and a touchdown. Um, so don't expect him to leave anytime soon. I definitely expected after Andrew Luck uh, retired that he'd be more pushed out. Um, but now they get the ball to Zach Pascal. I remember this touchdown. It was like in the corner of the end mm-hmm. zone, and he found him. Two receptions, 53 yards, and a touchdown for Pascal. I feel like it's going to be the same story every week for their tight ends. Uh, three receptions, four receptions between him, for, between Ebron and uh, Eric Ebron and uh, Jack Doyle. 47 yards, 46 yards. It's split. Um, so if you have these guys on your fantasy team and me being the one that has them in a money league, Eric Ebron, I should say, um, you kind of just have to get lucky. Hopes he gets gets, uh, a catch in the end zone at some point. But other than that, uh, they, they played very solid, um, on offense and defensively. I didn't look at this game defensively as much as I should have, um, overall it was kind of a shootout offensively than anything, I guess, to take out of it. Yeah, I mean the the Colts they there wasn't a lot of really on both sides there wasn't a lot of stopping much in terms of defense. There obviously Matt Ryan had the uh the pick, so that was a stop there and that was within the red zone, so that was points. Um but I mean it was kind of like the Colts were just when they made the stops at the beginning of the game, they were kind of just playing well I guess you could say and the Falcons were just playing that crappy zone that they play and that's why the tight ends got all these yards because they just play this like loose zone and they just let them run right down the middle of the field I just know this the bright spot you as a Falcons fan has right now is that Vic Beasley is officially getting more involved which is good he is him intact so that's good yeah um next game here on the docket what do I want to talk about here um I want to talk about more of a closer game and something Anything actually, and uh, I, I know this isn't a game you probably want to want didn't want to touch on, but I just want to move through the games that there's not much to talk about. But okay. w- which is the Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans? Um, I did have something pulled up here. I think I started making show notes and then I kind of just went from there. Um, yeah, so the Titans and the Jaguars. Uh, the story of this game was the penalties in Gardner Minshew. Let, let's just be honest here. So this game ended twenty uh, to seven. The Jaguars move to one and two, and the Titans fall to one and two. Um, only put seven points on the board, and I think it was much later in the game when they were already kind of out by then. Um, there's a r- uh, there's roughing the passer calls in this game that was very questionable, and one of them being to what's his name, uh, Kamale Correa. Um, I remember this play was the most innocent play an NFL player could ever make, and he tackled Gardner Minshew. And when he fell to the ground, he like halfway through the hit, he was putting his arms up and leaning to the side so he wouldn't be called for roughing the passer call, and he was still called for it anyway. That needs to be fixed. That is so ridiculous, these roughing the passer calls. I can't stand them. 
Um, but yeah, uh, let, let's jump into Gardner Minshew here. So Gardner Minshew, he's a very he's he's a character. He's an interesting Actually, he's guy. A very interesting guy, and he's been like that his whole life and career in college. And Did you see his dad? His dad, yeah, that is jacked. He's huge. <laughs> yeah, he is. Jacked. But coming out on the field, Gardner Minshew looks at the camera and puts an L up. The he's just he's just taking the field. He's not up by twenty five. That's before the game started. Zero zero game hasn't started yet, and he did that. Um, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. But Gardner Minshew twenty for thirty, um, two hundred four yards through the air, two touchdowns, and um, one of them he capitalized on a punt return. Oh no, yeah, punt return um, that was fumbled very early in the game. So he took advantage of that. Yeah. Um, Leonard Fournette almost finished with negative yardage in this game, but he got very lucky with that yeah, what like eighty yard run that he had. It's like a seventy yard, yeah, something like that, which put him. To give him Leonard Fournette numbers, which is 15 carries, <laughs> 66 yards. Doesn't he, reach the end zone, he, he, but he, he, must always, he ended up ending on a Leonard Fournette. He must have day. known. He must have been like, man, I have negative yards. I got to get to my 15 carries and like 60 yards. Yep. <laughs> and he, he ended up fulfilling that. So he did <laughs> He did reach his quota of he, yardage he, he that he could get paid. He's good. Uh, you like talking about this guy. He's your favorite. DJ oh, Chark. Oh, man. He's, what a guy. I think he's coming out as their number one guy. Whether it's going to be Nick Foles I or if it's going to be Gardner Minshew. Him. He reaches the end zone for the third time. I love him so much. In the past three weeks. Four receptions, 76 yards. Yeah, you like DJ Chark. And I started him. Don't ask me why, but I started him. That's a good choice. <laughs> and I did it, and I don't know why. I don't even have an explanation why. I was just like literally sitting in class looking at this game, and my class ends right before. My class ends at 8 o'clock, like literally right before the game starts, and I said, I'm putting in DJ Chark, and I did it. Good and call. Then I, and then you got to go with your gut. And then I watched him get a touchdown, and I proceeded to jump around my house singing DJ Chark. Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> <laughs> so another big aspect of this game was the fact that Jalen Ramsey was playing regardless of the fact that uh, he was requesting a trade. This week, he's not reporting to, he's the, sick. to the practice. because No, he's sick, but apparently he's reporting a back injury. And like Doug Marone's just like, yeah, he's gotten a sore back before, so what? So maybe he's uh, who knows I couldn't be, I don't know what's happening behind closed doors he could be injured he could be sick if so that then you don't practice that's a reasonable way that's a reasonable yeah they can, they can get in trouble for reason, making him it's practice it's a good reason not to practice is what I'm saying yeah they, he, they can get in trouble for making him practice or not putting him on a report yeah. or something they can get in trouble but also if it's just like a it's just minor injuries and you're kind of just not practicing so that maybe I can get traded today so I don't have to go to practice but. I don't There's know. That's a big storyline too. That. But again, they snuck out with a W, so they go out unscathed. That there was a loss. I'm sure we'd have a different conversation today about what kind of impact he has on the team. But they get a win. Um, but moving forward to the Titans side, I don't have a lot, I don't have a lot to cover here. Again, Marcus Mariota doesn't play a great game. 23 for 40, 304 yards, and doesn't reach the end zone again. And it's just tough to look at. And a lot of people are questioning if Marcus Mariota should be their guy moving forward. Again, it's their, he's on his fifth year option. They could give him a contract after this year or not. I wouldn't be surprised if the Titans did because they're kind of desperate. But you also have a backup in Ryan Tannehill who's not a bad quarterback, but not the best quarterback. No. Who not could not probably help your offense if you put him in. What do you think of that? Do you think Mariota should be their guy still because Rabel came out and said, we're going to keep using him? Or do you think Tannehill should get his fair share in there maybe to try to help him out and get some points on the board? I, honestly, it's too early. I mean, the Giants made that bold move by taking out their starting quarterback. I think it's too early in the season to make that move. I think you have to give it a little bit more time to really mature and kind of figure out that play. I mean, I know he hasn't played well in the past, Marcus Mariota, but it's just, you just gotta, I feel like you have to give him a little bit more time. I mean, this is literally, this could be his contract year. So I don't, like, if, if it's, if I'm that head coach, I would play him out as long as I can to really figure out, okay, are we bringing him back or are we taking 
a quarterback in this next draft because there's a lot of good draft picks coming out. Yeah. That so I would just play him to see, you know, in every single situation, how is he I'm sure performing. they're doing that because they're gonna do a really big analysis this year. Yeah. And again, keep your fingers crossed because Marcus Mariota has not played 16, te- 16 games in a season yet ever yeah. since he was drafted So, because due to injuries and stuff like that. So um, Derrick Henry, he's doing Derrick Henry things. Uh, 17 carries, 44 yards, and a touchdown. I'm glad they're finally putting it together and not giving the ball to, to Deion Lewis, which is something they could have done a long time ago. If They they almost won that game against the Chiefs in that playoff game, and that's when they actually – it's like two games before that is actually when they actually started giving Derrick Henry the yeah. ball. And unfortunately, yep. they came up short. So imagine what they could have done if they did it all year. That'd be a different story. But you know, uh, they give the ball to Adam Humphreys. Uh, had 93 yards uh, on six receptions. Tajay Sharp too had two receptions for 70 yards. Delaney Walker gets a lot of uh, receptions because if you're nothing's moving on the offense, you give it to your tight end. Seven receptions for 64 yards. Corey Davis is nowhere to be found, and that's about it, really. I mean, I was uh, maybe I was expecting a bigger game by AJ Brown because apparently Mariota likes using him, but. I move on from this game. Again, the Jaguars weren't bad on defense. The Titans were just bad on offense. That's all I got to say from this game. I don't want to – got, we got some more teams to cover here. And another team, uh, another game that I don't really want to talk about that much, but it's the Cowboys and the Dolphins. Dolphins fall to 0-3. And, you know, they released uh, – what's his name? Ta- they released Tank. Tank. Tank Carradine. So, yeah, they like the jokes write themselves pretty much. But <laughs> they fall to 0-3. They lose 31-6 to against the Dallas Cowboys, who are now 3-0, who are in the running to for first place in the NFC East. But, again, their first three games – weren't anything to be excited about so we're gonna have to see how they do moving forward because they go up against the saints on monday night football maybe i know it's the or it s- might be s- no no sunday night because the steelers sunday. and the Bengals are on monday night yeah i was gonna say it's, it's the night game is a sunday i wasn't sure yeah um but they start josh rose in this game and honestly i feel bad for josh rosen man because he put this game he put this team in a position to win this game before halftime he actually had a pass to Devonte parker that went right through his hands to score and it didn't happen they obviously they don't end up um scoring and they ended up kicking instead and uh, that was questionable too i feel like if you're going to be this bad you might as well just go for it and see what yeah, happens what, what's what is it the point of you're gonna you, you're expected to lose you might as well try i, I just feel so bad go for it i feel so bad for rosen too man he had 18 completions on 39 attempts 200 yards and again he put his team in positions to score they just weren't helping him out in any way shape or form and again Kenyon drake is on the trading block right now he had 12 carries for 38 yards preston williams four receptions 68 yards he's emerging as their number one Devonte parker if you're gonna miss the ball and score touchdowns and there's no reason why you should be on the dolphins any longer i feel like when they clean house he will be going to like the eagles or something because i think they mentioned that last year like he yeah. was a trade candidate to go to the eagles or like the eagles or the and patriots di- or something yeah it didn't end up happening but i expect him to be out of there very very soon deck prescott 19 uh <laughs> 19 completions for 32 on uh, 32 attempts 246 yards two touchdowns and a pick um zeke elliott doing zeke elliott things 19 carries 125 yards he is loaded on his money, and he is enjoying every minute of it. And they had enough time to take Zeke, Zeke Elliott out of the game, put Tony Pollard in. He had 100 yards rushing and a touchdown. So that's, that's sad. Um, <laughs> and even Dak scored on the ground, too, using his legs. So I think everyone was just getting their fair share of everything. Amari Cooper, six receptions, six, 88 yards, two touchdowns. Um, uh, Jason been waiting w- for that. Jason Witten gets his three receptions, 54 yards. against security blanket for him. And not much else going on. I don't have much else to say on this no, game. It's it's solely the it's fact gross. that the Miami Dolphins are bad. Clean house. Figure out what you're going to do. R- watch Rosen go to another bad team after this year. We'll see. Um, let's talk about a game I actually want to talk about. Maybe, uh, yeah, let's talk about the Packers-Broncos for a second. Because the Broncos fall to 0-3. Um, they versus the, uh, the uh, Green Bay Packers. This game ends 27-16. to Green Bay moves forward to 3-0 under La- Matt LaFleur. 
Um, there's a lot to look forward in this team. Uh, I think their defense is pretty solid. And, again, we haven't seen a lot of them week one and two, but I think this game um, it, they definitely showed what, what they got. And I think they're going to mm-hmm. have some harder teams moving forward, too. Again, they go up against uh, – I forgot who they're wrestling next the week. The Planet actually. Eagles on Thursday. Eagles, yeah, on Thursday Night Football. And we'll, we'll preview that later on. Um, yeah, we'll see what they're made of that night. And, you know, they're, off, they're coming off a short week, so mm-hmm. we'll see uh, how tough they are, really. Uh, Joe Flacco, 20 for 29. Uh, 213 yards and a pick. Philip Lindsay finally has a Philip Lindsay game, which is this is the reason why he's probably going to be end up, end up staying on my fantasy football team instead of getting rid of him by week two. But yeah, 21 carries, 81 yards, two touchdowns, and he still split up the backfield, so it's nothing to get excited about because Royce Freeman also had 15 carries for 63 yards. Uh, Cortland, Cortland Sutton finally has a little coming out party, I guess. This will happen every now and then. Five receptions, 87 yards. Philip Lindsay also in the passing game almost gets 50 yards receiving. Noah Fan, I think he fumbled the ball in this game too. I think so he did. Rookie mistakes. Uh, and then they put Hireman in too. Um, and then my, and Emmanuel Sanders nowhere to be found. On the Packers side of the ball, however, Aaron Rodgers has played games where he hasn't had to be Aaron Rodgers. He's just kind of had to be a quarterback under mm-hmm. center. So he had 17 completions on 29 attempts, 235 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Jamal Williams gets more carries, but Aaron Aaron Jones gets two touchdowns on the ground on 10 carries for only 19 yards. Um, and then Marquez Valdez Scantling gets the one touchdown. <laughs> he likes him a lot. You could tell. You could tell he really likes using him um, in the passing game. He had 99 yards receiving on six receptions. Devontae Adams are still waiting for a game that he needs to see for him to just go off. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. Um, and yeah, this game ended 27 to 16. Uh, yeah, I, I think the, the the what I take away from this game is that the Packers defense is something to look out for because I think they're going to be really good. What do you? How good do you think this is for the Packers now that they're three and zero under Matt Lafleur? Do you think this is a good thing for Aaron Rodgers as well? Do you think that system fits him, or do you think we just still have yet to see some adversity come out of the Packers? Yeah, I think we've really yet to see too many too much uh, adversity, too much struggle for them to go up against. You know, some some talented teams. I think the Thursday night though that's really going to be their um their their test, their first real test to see what happens with them. Um, cuz Philly has a good defense as we talked about. They have a pretty good defense. Their offense, they're going to get one piece back from that offense that's been missing. So uh we'll kind of have to see. Um Aaron Rodgers hasn't like you said, he hasn't really had to be himself. He's kind of just being a regular quarterback, but it's working. Yeah. So whatever, as long as you're winning, that's kind of at the end of the day all that matters. Uh, but it w- it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens when they're actually faced with uh, a little bit more competition. Because, uh, I mean, but starting off 3-0, and it's 3-0. and That means you obviously, essentially you played better and made less mistakes than the other team. Regardless of their talent, it's not always easy to do. So Yes, yeah, so there's a lot of games we haven't even even touched on yet. But uh, to kinda, I wanted to go over the Panthers, Cardinals. Don't have a lot to say here. Kyle Allen steps in, and he does exactly what he has to do to, for them to actually win a game. And uh, looks and uh, Cam Newton is officially out for this week's game, so expect Kyle Allen to. A he could be out for a while. He said he's not coming back until his foot is officially, um, you know, he's officially back healthy and his foot is better. Um, but Kyle Allen four touchdowns, uh, nineteen for twenty six, two hundred sixty one yards. Christian McCaffrey has a Christian McCaffrey game, twenty four carries, hundred fifty three yards and a touchdown. Glad to see he puts a lot of work on a lot of work on the ground as opposed to. Um, in the passing game because this dude is just an all-around great player. And, again, new quarterback steps in. Greg Olson's going to get his fair share of the work. Mm-hmm. Again, a tight end is the, a quarterback's best friend, especially in these circumstances when Kyle, Kyle Allen makes his first start of the NFL season. Um, six receptions, 77, 75 yards, and two touchdowns for Greg Olson. Curtis Samuel catches a ball in the corner of the end zone. DJ Moore gets his fair share, too. This is These are the type of plays I expect 
Cam Newton to make, and hopefully he comes back fully healthy because I want to see him play. Cardinals, however, fall to 0-2-1. This game ended 38-20, to by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that, but the, uh, the Carolina Panthers go to 1-2. and um, And, yeah, the Cardinals, again, haven't won a game yet, but they've tied one. Uh, Kyler Murray, 30 carry, 30 carries, 30 <laughs> completions on 43 attempts, 173 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Um, he uses his legs a lot more in this game. Uh, 18, eight carries, eight, almost 18 carries, eight carries, 69 yards. Um, again, not much else to touch on here. Again, he's going to go to Larry Fitzgerald. He's a security blanket. Um, he went to David Johnson, too, who's getting more involved in the passing game, I would say. He's good on both sides, but I feel like he reaches the end zone at least once a week on a pass. Um, he likes to use Christian Kirk, which is good because uh, they're both very young and both can develop together. 18, uh, I keep saying 18, 10 receptions, 59 yards. Um, and yeah, uh, not much else to touch on on this game. Honestly, I wasn't expecting Kyle Allen to have a game like this because we both picked the Cardinals in our picks. So, you know, we'll see what Kyle Allen does next week, and we'll see if um, Cam Newton, you know, can follow up on what he's done for him in his absence. So, uh, Patriots Jets, another blowout game. Uh, the Patriots win thirty to fourteen. Uh, the Jets fall to zero and three. They're waiting on Sam Donald to come back from mono. Uh, oh, he didn't even have a hundred passing yards. No, oh. he was. Bad. Uh, but, yeah, the New England Patriots go to 3-0. and No surprises here. But let's go over the more exciting side of the ball, which is the uh, the uh, New England Patriots. Tom Brady, 28 for 42, 306 yards, two touchdowns. I didn't expect him to throw 40 times, considering that they won for a large portion of this game early and often. Mm-hmm. Um, James White was out for this game because his wife was in labor, so Rex Burkhead takes his uh, bulk of the work. He had 11 carries, 47 yards, and a touchdown. Are you concerned about Sonny Michel? Because he had nine carries, 11 yards, and a touchdown. Um, a lot of people think he's very touchdown dependent, especially in fantasy. Um, do you think um, they're just only going to use him in short yarded situations to get into the end zone, or do you think there will be more games where he has 25 carries for 100 something yards and a touchdown? Are you concerned about Sony Michelle here? I mean, I'm surprised that he didn't get more looks because, I mean, you're going against the Gents, you figure they're winning that. So you yeah. figure you're going to pull ahead early, and then, I mean, you can kind of like take it easy just kind of cruise your way to the victory and I figure you're going to hand the ball off more and for him to not get a lot of looks I mean most that's not a good sign I'm not going to say there's an issue because you know this week he can come out and get 20 carries have like 100 yards and get a touchdown and you won't even be talking about it again but it that's just the kind of way the uh the Patriots offense kind of runs it's just kind of somebody in that backfield does more than the rest and then each week it could change and it really doesn't matter just as long as they win they don't really care so going into the Patriots receiving end and even for someone who wasn't in this game because on Friday after we recorded last week's podcast Antonio Brown was officially released from the New England Patriots and went on to Twitter and completely exposed everyone and also say that he was not going to play in the NFL ever again um, because he lost his money um, but he did he chose not to stay in Oakland to make 30 million yeah. that year and he ends up only leaving with $150,000. Oof. And he was supposed to have at least like he 40 wasn't, mil. He's not getting paid what he got with the Patriots. Yeah, was well, he supposed to get $39 million guaranteed and he didn't get any of that? Nope, he's getting none of that. Wow. Um, so <laughs> let's go over his full time timeline, shall we? So he goes into crowd therapy, burns his feet. Um, <laughs> he has the helmet issue. Um, he gets fined. Um, he posts a Gruden video that he recorded him without his permission. Um, he asks the Raiders to be released. On Instagram, he gets fined for detrimental conduct. Um, he gets... Um, he ends up getting his release after being after asking for it. He signed with New England. There's sexual assault allegations. The second he steps he steps into the Patriots facility, they play against Miami. He has a great game. Uh, he loses his deal with Nike um, after the sexual assault allegations having to do with that. He, there's intimidation allegations over 
him contacting the sexual um, sexual assault accuser, and then he gets released from the Patriots. And then, obviously, Bill Belichick is very angry about people asking him yeah. over what's happening with Antonio Brown. And did you see he gave that stare to that reporter? I yeah. forgot her name, but he, she said... She said, I, I've, I, I need to ask this. What was the final straw with Antonio Brown? He's like, we're focused on the Jets today. And then stares at her <laughs> for like five seconds. And didn't even say thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't have to say thank you. But she said thank you. And he just, you don't just stare at her. You know? <laughs> Very weird. But at the same time, if, if you agree to bring a guy like that into your facility and, and want him to be a, a part of your team, I think you should be you know, fine for not answering questions about that. Because that's one of the biggest wide receivers in the league or was in the league. Yeah. And now, and he, you were looking for him to stay on this lineup, on this roster, until you made the Super Bowl, and not anymore, and you're expecting not to answer questions about what happened with that? Yeah, I mean, I, I figure it'll come out eventually. It might have just been too raw. They didn't feel like talking about it. I mean, they were just trying to get their game plan ready. They They didn't want that to be a distraction and overlook who they were playing. It'll come out. It will definitely come out soon. But so, so the exact number, um, Antonio Brown doesn't end up receiving his $9 million signing bonus, and the first $5 million was due to be paid on Monday, but he was cut before Monday. He was cut on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, he will go from $30 million guaranteed um, in March to $9 million guaranteed to just uh, $158,333 made for the 2019 season. So, yeah, I mean, the the Patriots are moving forward. Everyone's moving forward. Um, I think it's his best interest to go get help. Something is wrong with this guy um, because he's on Twitter saying, like, oh, the, the journey continues and he's exposing everyone. He's exposing Ben. He exposed uh, Big, yeah, Big Ben, um, Robert Kraft, Shannon Sharp. He was just coming after anyone with allegations because he yeah. thinks that it's he's in the same boat, but it's not. He was weird also because the, intimi- the uh, intimidation thing that happened, he was sending the lady that was accusing him um, the, the girl that the paid, kids. yeah, the pictures of her kids on her yeah. own Instagram. Like, are you insane? <laughs> That's creepy. I'm like, yo, this kid, this guy's gonna kill my kids. I mean, like, I would think that if you're sending <laughs> pictures of my, kids. he's like, you're poor. Like, look at these kids; they have to live in like poverty and stuff like that. Like, what are you doing? I mean, I'm not happy that this happened, but in the back of my head, it's kind of like you know, he's been going through these last couple months that he's untouchable and he could do whatever he wants, and you know. The league needs him, and he can do literally, like I said, whatever he wants. And it kind of, I guess, kind of put a little, I would imagine it kind of chipped his ego a little bit. Yeah, but I think this guy mentally has an issue. I Yes. You can't overlook that. And people are, because Drew Rosenhaus, who was also was blocked by, uh, like, uh, oh, yeah. on his phone, uh, in Antonio Brown's contacts, he blocked that. He blocked him on his phone. Is not trying to get him help. Like, at least Josh Gordon, who is on the same team, who was on the same team on the Patriots, at least the people around him were like, bro, you need to get help with this weed issue. And he's, I think he's better. He's in better shape than he was um, a while ago. And hopefully he stays like that because mm-hmm. I want to see this guy stay and win a Super Bowl, like on the field instead of off the field. And, and even just being on the roster, you get a you get a free ring just because you're on the roster. But yeah, um, even he was able to get help at least like three times in the past couple of years that he's been playing. And you know, Drew Rosenhaus is just like, or moving forward to the next team. And apparently there was teams that were interested, but. That was before um, AB came out and said that he's not uh, playing the NFL anymore. And he's back at Central Michigan where he went to college um, doing classes. So that's so weird how only <laughs> less like a week ago uh, he was in a Patriots uniform catching t- 
touchdowns against the Miami Dolphins to being in a classroom again. Can, can you imagine just like sitting in class and just looking over and Antonio Brown is sitting next to you? I'd be like, what? Well, I think he's going to do that thing where he skips class, but he pays the tuition, so he's still able to get his degree. I think it's going to be one uh, of those things. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. So I don't know. I don't think he stays in school forever. People think he's going to go to the XFL. I highly doubt I, it. Yeah, I've been, I've been hearing that. I doubt it, though. I mean, at the end of the day... You hope that whatever is going on, it gets resolved. He fixes his issues. He has help, gets help, whatever he needs. But I mean, it. it I feel like this had to kind of happen in a way, the way it did, where he's no longer with a team right now. I feel like he needs to focus on himself right now. Hopefully, I, he'll get help. I don't know. That, if that's what I'm saying. I don't know if he's convincing himself that he's not. Yeah. He's well because he's not well. I'll tell you that much. Uh, but going back into the game, and again, not much to mention here. Josh Gordon, six receptions, 83 yards. Um, guys like Jacoby Myers step up, and Ryan Izzo steps up in the absence of Antonio Brown because now he's not getting work. And I don't think Philip Dorsett had a catch against the Dolphins, and now this game he comes forward with six receptions for 53 yards and a touchdown. Same with Julian Edelman. He had seven receptions, 62 yards and a touchdown. He left with a chest injury later in the game. He is practicing today. I don't have much else to say here. You have your third-string quarterback on the Jets' side of the ball. Um, what are you going to do? Like, what is Adam Gase going to do? It's not his fault. Yeah. It's not anyone's fault. Um, it's just you have to wait till Sam Darnold comes back and see what we can do from there. But even then, I still think they could easily be 0-6 um, yeah. if they get Darnold back because they have some a tough schedule coming up. They're on a bye week this week. Hopefully everyone can get better. But you versed the, the Patriots again literally in like two weeks. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. But Le'Veon Bell... Um, he went out to tweet, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but he went out to tweet and say that, oh, we're going to remember when people are making fun of us in these tough times and when we're actually succeeding, we'll know who said what. So he's put, he's you know defending the team, and I'm, you know, I'm all for that. I'm like guys who are all for the team, unlike Jamal Adams, who is for the team, but he's technically for himself, and maybe we'll jump into that, I guess, because that's the bigger storyline that happened. Um, but Le'Veon Bell, 18 carries, 35 yards. Um, not even going to touch on their wide receiving core because what are you going to do with Nick Falk doesn't throw more than 100 yards. Yeah. Um, but Jamal Adams, he canceled the spot with, I forgot, I think on WFAN, the fan, he canceled his spot with them because they asked him too hard of questions. Like they were like, how come you took um, the Jets out of, you, how come you took the Jets out of your bio and how come you unfollowed them on Instagram? And I think he got like really offended by that. So now he canceled his spot and people are now criticizing him over it because it's kind of like, why would you agree to it? And no, you're going to be asked this question, these type of questions and, and cancel it even not want to do it again so that's one thing and the other thing is um he did get a pick in this game and mind you right after that pick it was against Jared Stidham because again this was a blowout for the majority of the game um after the pick uh (laughs) I don't know why uh Bill Belichick is so savage but he took Jared Stidham out and put Tom Brady back in the game (laughs) in a blowout game and I remember Andrew Siciliano (laughs) in red zone was like so Jared Stidham is out in a blowout Tom Brady is in. It's 30 to 14. Tom Brady's in. All right, we're on to the next game. Like, that's what he was doing. And that's something I remember. I thought it was hilarious. And I think that's like something exactly what Bill Belichick would do. <laughs> but I mean, not much else to say here. I mean, Jamal Adams, keep your head on straight. This isn't about you, it's about the team. So don't pretend like you're a team guy if you're not going to be. That's all I got to say. Uh, yeah. What else? We got a couple games left, but we are running low on time here. Uh, not necessarily, but I don't want to make this too long even though it's been long already. But the Raiders-Vikings, they're moving on to the next game. You dropped the ball on this one. The Vikings were the right pick, which I made. 34-14, to Vikings take the victory. They're moving on to up against their toughest matchup this year against the Bears this week. They move forward to 2-1, and one, um, and the uh, Raiders fall to 1-2. and two. Um, Yeah, at the end of the day, the Vikings, you know, they're, they're, they were just a better team, and they, they should have won this game. So there's not much else I could say there. This is a team you have to, you have to beat, and they did. 
Uh, Kirk Cousins doesn't throw more than 100 yards this game either, and he only throws he threw only 15 times. Well, 21 times, but he only completed 15 passes is what I mean to say. Uh, 15 for 21, 174 yards and a touchdown. Again, they like to run the ball to the guy that's leading the league in rushing yards, which is Dalvin Cook, 16 carries, 110 yards and a touchdown. That should be a tough matchup going into this week, considering that they're going up against one of the best defenses in the league. So who knows if, if Kirk Cousins is going to have to throw um, – it, it, we'll see how that benefits for them. Because yeah, if you make Kirk Cousins throw, I think the Bears could win this game. Yeah, I don't, I don't like Kirk Cousins as a quarterback in terms of like people you know, are starting to fall off that bandwagon. And people were on him when there was rumors that him and Kyle Shanahan were going to reunite in the 49ers. He got a massive contract to go to the Jets. He declined, and he goes to the Minnesota Vikings. I think for all three of those teams, he probably would still be performing bad, which is yeah. very scary. Because I think yeah. this guy isn't their guy moving forward. There's going to be different options for the Vikings. And he only signed a three-year deal. That's his mistake because he wanted to get his money. And if you wanted a long-term deal where I just want to be a good quarterback, that wasn't the deal you had to make because now after that, you're just going to end up being on a team that's desperate for a quarterback and don't actually want you for your talent. They just need a quarterback. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, Adam Thielen gets a rushing touchdown. He also gets a receiving touchdown. He's on my fantasy team. Thank you, Lord. Uh, he gets three rece- three receptions for 55 yards. So, again, if Kirk Cousins isn't passing a lot, not everyone's going to get the ball. But they give the ball to Irv Smith Jr. for 60 yards. Um, <laughs> they're actually not healthy on the on, in the wide receiver, in wide receiver, so they just re-signed um, Treadwell. Yeah, I saw that. Um, which I'm sure no Vikings fan is excited for because he's been a bust up to this point in his career. Um, but, yeah, Stephon Diggs only gets three receptions for 15 yards. Again, like I mentioned before, if he's not throwing 200 yards or more, don't expect a lot to be passed around here. The Raiders, however, like to use their tight end and Darren Waller. And I officially picked him up on my fantasy team, and I've had a lot of people tell me when they were watching Hard Knocks and this and um, how they use the tight end. And I don't know how I didn't see this coming because they made Jared Cook into a pro bowler last year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think Darren Waller is well on his way. 13 receptions for 134 yards, 10, re- 10 uh, yards per catch. Um, Josh Jacobs, quiet game by him, 10 carries, 44 yards. Derek Carr. Uh, 27 completions on 34 attempts, 242 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Um, but, yeah, for the majority of this game, it, it was just a blowout for the most part. I think the Vikings defense played very, very well against these guys. And, again, they're looking on to the next matchup. And I'm sure Vikings fans weren't even blinking an eye at this game to see if something was up. I think the only time they would look is if they were down by a couple points. And they're like, what's going on? We're supposed to win this game. Um, but what else am I missing here? Oh, Chargers-Texans is probably one of the more exciting games we got. Yeah. Maybe we'll cover two more after this because, again, we uh, th- this is just running on for too long because there was a lot of games that were okay and a lot of games that were just blowouts. Yeah. Um, this game, however, was pretty close. The Texans and the Chargers, um, the Texans move forward to 2-1. and one. They win 27-20 to 20 against the Chargers who fall to 1-2. and two. Um, Melvin Gordon is officially coming back this week. Not sure if you knew about that, but he's coming back. Yeah. Um, which which is probably bad for people that have Austin Eckler on their fantasy teams, but Mark, we'll see what happens. Wait, Mark has him. I, I think Mark does. Uh, Matt has him in our small league. I don't know who. Has I thought him. Mark had him. Maybe not. Um, but yeah, Deshaun Watson, twenty five for thirty four, three hundred fifty one yards and a three touchdowns. Uh, this guy's an absolute beast with the offensive line that he has, and we I'll go over it over and over again. This offensive line is not going to help him, and again, the Texans need to protect him moving forward. Their first round pick into the next draft. Even if you're high, as, uh, even if you're a high pick, I think you still go with a, 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 a for the first two rounds, get an offensive lineman in there to help you out and see what they got. Carlos Hyde finally reaches the end zone, but this time for only 10 carries and 19 yards. Kenny Stills four receptions, 89 yards. These are deep. De- uh, these are deep threat. Jor- uh, Jordan Atkins gets three receptions, 30, uh, 73 yards, two touchdowns. 
which is very surprising because then that means DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a quiet game. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll get his fair share later on, but this game in particular wasn't going to him. Uh, Darren Fells also reaches the end zone. He's kind of a journeyman tight end at this point in his career. Um, but on the Chargers side, I think they're more interesting than the Texans. I know the Texans can through what they're going through with their offensive line, but the Chargers, however, they were expected to be a much better team, and then losing Derwin James and losing Melvin Gordon, it's really taken a toll on them. And, I mean, Austin Eckler's been holding up his end of the bargain. But Phillip Rivers, however, um, he had 31 completions on 46 attempts, 318 yards, two touchdowns. But how are you – I mean, it's hard for them to win games with – you know, if you're giving the ball to Keenan Allen 13 times, and I don't know how many targets he had, but he had 13 receptions for 183 yards, two touchdowns, and he's been very solid for them. Same with Austin Eckler, like I mentioned before. But if no one else gets involved, I don't know how this is going to help you. And, again, their defense is kind of okay. I don't see anything crazy. But, again, if Sean Watson's able to score on you like that, there is a cause for concern. Anything else you needed to add on this game? This was a game I didn't watch thoroughly. But I just know that the Texans are – they should be optimistic about the Sean Watson moving forward. That's all. Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know. I, I feel like the Chargers are just, it's rough. I feel like each year they kind of have somewhat decent expectations for their seasons, and then they just drop the ball. It's it's rough. And they don't even have their kicker right now. They have Ty know, Long, who's holding them above water, but this the groin injury with Michael Badgley, Bagley, however you want to say it, isn't <laughs> back yet. So we'll see. Um, another game we forgot to go over was the Saints and the Seahawks. Um, all I got to say about this game, and the score was 33-27. to um, The Seahawks fall to 2-1. and one. Uh, The New Orleans Saints move forward to 2-1 and one with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback until they get Drew Brees back in a couple weeks. Um, this, the Saints were just able to play the way they're able to play with who they have talent-wise in the first half. Um, and then the Seahawks were coming back in the second half, mm-hmm. and they were really making a push because they were down by a lot. Yeah. And, you know, this is another game where if you just performed the way you did in the first half, I think you would have been okay. But if you're playing from behind, it's going to be tough. But Teddy Bridgewater only had a set 177 yards through the air, but two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara reaches the end zone. He also has 92 yards receiving uh, and reaches the end zone as well. Michael Thomas reaches the end zone also. Um, this is exactly how the offense should be run, even with Drew Brees out. Teddy Bridgewater does what he can to – make this team win. But Russell Wilson, another great game by him. I don't think he's thrown an interception yet this season. He had 32 completions on 50 attempts. Again, you're playing from behind. you got to throw 50 times. When you throw 50 times, you're another you're another attempt closer to losing when you throw that much. 406 yards, two touchdowns. Um, he also had two touchdowns on the ground. Absolutely yeah. insane. Um, this, this dude puts the team on his back, literally. Chris Carson, we're still waiting for him to have a great game um, like last year. Um, they didn't use Penny this game. Was he hurt this game? I don't know. He might have been. But they've actually traded Nick Vanette to the Steelers today. Why? Because um, he likes to use Will Disley. Yeah, but, but I just, I don't understand. And then they re-signed Luke Wilson. I, just, I don't get it. I don't know either. <laughs> that was kind of like, it was kind of like, repl- it was kind of like Indiana Jones. You know how you replace the, like the jewel with like something else? Like kind of just like, you're just switching this. With yeah. That. I don't know if that was a good analogy to it. But Tyler Lockett, 11 receptions, 154 yards and a touchdown. Went off this game. Again, he likes Will Disley, so Will Disley gets a touchdown. At the end of the day, they just did it. They couldn't play from behind. And what are you going to do if you're down by that much in the first half and you try to come back in the second half? I was expecting the Seahawks to win. Um, but the Saints come out on top here. Now, I saw something going on with the Saints, and, and I, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. So there was something along the stat line of that Marcus Lattimore has given up like like the most yards and the most catches or something through week three. Do you think that this has to do with the new rule where 
you can challenge pass interference, so no. D-backs are playing a little bit more conservatively? Or what do you think is going on Is with, this with Lattimore's it? third year? Yeah, it's his third year. I think he has still yet to live up to the expectations of his first year, and I think he set the bar pretty high, which is why people are expecting a lot out of him. It might be because of that. I wouldn't rule that out. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say there. I, I think Marshawn Lattimore just needs to – He's still improving his game. I think it's really early in his career. A lot of people wouldn't have the type of career, uh, the type of season he had his rookie year, and I think it's hard to live up to that yeah. after you come down from such a high. And people thought they were going to be, you know, Super Bowl champions that year. Same with the next year. So maybe yeah. he's still coming down from being so close to to making it, and he's just not making it there. So maybe yeah. that's a reason why I don't know. Uh, but what other games we have here? So Steelers, 49ers, I don't have much to say here, and I really want to go over the last two games. But the Steelers, again, they don't have their quarterback, so – um, you can give them the benefit of the doubt there, I guess. They're not going to have him until next year. We're going to see if the, what Mason Rudolph has. He was, uh, you know, for his first game starting on the road, I really thought he was going to be really good on the road. I took them as well, money line, so I'm not betting them ever again until they have Big Ben back. <laughs> but he had uh, 14 uh, – hold on, I'll go over the score here. But the Pittsburgh Steelers fall to 0-3. They lose 20-24 to against the 49ers in San Francisco. 49ers move forward to 3-0. and uh, And very, very impressive here. Um, and, again, their backfield shows up again. Um, Raheem Mostert, Matt Breida, and Jeffrey Wilson. And Jeffrey Wilson gets in the end zone twice again this week. Absolutely insane. Uh, I like their backfield a lot, man. Um, but James Conner isn't going to get a lot of work either. He had 13 carries for 43 yards. Mason Rudolph only 14 completions on 27 attempts, 174 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Um, Juju reaches the end zone, but only on three receptions for 81 yards, so who knows how his workload's going to be moving forward. I'm still expecting him to uh, Mason Rudolph to utilize, Mace, uh, utilize James Washington a lot more because I feel like they have that connection, but I guess mm-hmm. not everyone has it, or maybe we have yet to see it. But Deontay Johnson, he's taken the place of, um, what's his name? Uh, Dante Moncrief because he was a healthy scratch this game oh, yeah. because he is absolutely atrocious. He's just dropping everything. Yeah, three receptions, 52 yards, and a touchdown. But again, it wasn't enough to go up against the 49ers where Jimmy Garoppolo, even though he had two picks, again, their backfield I think is just way too good to overlook. They had um, five turnovers and won this game. Yeah. They had five. Yeah. And and still, I won thought that the Steelers' game. defense was just going to destroy them, and they did. But I don't. Again, if you're not moving on offense, you're not going to win this game. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo went 23 for 32, 277 yards, a touchdown, two picks, and uh, George George Kittle six receptions, 57 yards. Um, and of course, Dante Pettis reaches the end zone for the first time this year. He is their rookie. I, not only people like him, I don't. I like Debo Samuel a lot more and Marquise Goodwin, but. Not much else I could say here. The Steelers go on the road, and obviously the 49ers are favored on the road, 3-0. and I think that's the bigger story to anything is that the 49ers are 3-0 and right now. How much more time for them to keep this up? Because uh, let's look at their schedule moving they have forward, a bye actually. Next week. Uh, yeah, they have a bye this week. Um, this week, yeah. Yeah, so what, what am I looking at here? Oh, yeah, so they have the Browns uh, next week with their bye on right Monday now. Night. On Monday night. Which Oof. is a tough matchup. I'm, I'm going to like that game. That's a good game. Um, and the Rams after that, and then the Skins. And the Skins tend to, are, 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 like, bad, but they, they're they good enough to be in games, and they're also a good defense. So do you think they continue this streak that they're going on, this little streak that they're having right I now? I think I will be – I mean, this is still impressive that they're 3-0, but I will be impressed if they can go, not next week against Cleveland, but if they can also beat – the uh the Rams in two weeks, I will be very impressed. Yeah, I will be considered instead of like you know okay this team is pretty good. I'll they might be one of the better teams then in the league. I mean I know they're three and zero, so they're still they should be considered one of the better teams because they haven't lost yet. But if they could beat the Rams, 
That's that's impressive to but me. But that leads into my next game because the Browns are also coming off a pretty bad loss to the Rams, which they could have won, but they didn't because of the play call that they made on the last play. Um, if they're coming off a bad loss, I think they may be able to come back against the 49ers. Again, their defense isn't insanely great. Yeah. Um, neither is their offense, so we'll have to see what happens. Um, let's talk 49ers. Nope. Nope. That's not what I meant. The Rams. Uh, let's talk Browns and Rams. Sorry. Uh, the Rams win on Sunday night football. They move on to 3-0, 20-13 against the Browns. The Browns fall to 1-2. and People have a lot of anticipation for the Browns coming to this year, and now it's starting to come uh, out from the dumps, especially like we mentioned before, Baker Mayfield being considered worse than Daniel Jones after one game. Um, I think they still need some time to develop, and that's okay. I think people just hype them up a little too much. I think they just fell to that circumstance a little bit. But um, Jared Goff, 24 for 38, 269 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Uh, again, the ball's not going to Todd Gurley. He only had 14 carries for 43 yards. Uh, he likes to throw the ball to Cooper Cup. Again, they were college roommates, so that connection still goes. Uh, Brandon Cooks had a good game, too. I was expecting another week where he had three receptions for 25 yards, maybe getting a touchdown, but he had eight receptions for 112 yards. Very, very cool. Uh, Robert Woods, three receptions for 40 yards. Um, and again, their defense held them up to win this game when the Browns are marching downfield with all three timeouts. Um, and still ended up catching a pick from none other than Baker Mayfield with 18 completions, 36 attempts, 195 yards through the air, and a touchdown. Nick Chubb, who they don't want to hand the ball off to when they get to the red zone. Not sure why, um, <laughs> but they don't. But he had 23 carries uh, for 96 yards, and he also had four receptions for 35 yards. And Odell has six receptions, 56 yards. We should be expecting bigger games from him moving forward. But Jarvis Landry had three receptions for 62 yards. I feel like he's kind of been very quiet just because yeah. Odell is in there. So you're expecting him to get the ball to Odell. Demetrius Harris had a touchdown, which was uh, Baker Mayfield's only touchdown. But their defense um, had two picks as well um, from Justin Burris and TJ Carey. Um, it's just... Uh, they just it just came down to that final play call literally um, at that the last I don't the last know minute why there. they did that but yeah, even Freddie Kitchens afterwards chewing gum at his press conference in the microphone like like that I'm not gonna smack it into our microphone but he was just like yeah bad play call and uh, I'm kick <laughs> and he's like I'm kicking myself in the ass for that which is pretty much what he was saying uh, but yeah it was bad play calling because you saw there was a picture someone took where the same thing happened in the Bucks game uh, versus the Giants where it, the sea kind of parted and then and then um, Daniel Jones kind of takes it into the end zone. The same thing, the same look happened with uh, Baker Mayfield, but instead he threw it to the corner of the end zone where he eventually was picked. And so there was this meme, there was this meme going around that was saying, "See, better quarterbacks like Daniel Jones would have ran this ball in. Baker Mayfield, no, he throws a pick. That was the whole joke. But <laughs> um, but yeah, again, uh, we're, we're gonna have to see. I mean, even the Rams aren't impressing me that much. Not too much. Not like they have in the past. Not too much. But I mean, you got to give them credit. They're they're still pulling out wins, but. They don't look like the same team. Definitely not. I mean, they, they should be able to develop after this, but, I mean, Todd Gurley's not getting the ball. You have Jared Goff throwing more. I, I don't even know what to I think to that's the issue. I think Todd Gurley is their playmaker, and he is not taking over. They're not letting him I think him they're just being that. careful with him because they don't that's want him to That's what I'm saying. They're not, they're not letting but him But, like, if we're going to give the ball to Malcolm Brown anyway, why not just unleash Todd Gurley, and if he gets hurt, he gets hurt? I don't I don't know. I guess that's I'm thinking in a, in, in, a, in a sense of a fantasy owner, but at the same time, he's your guy. Yeah. And... I don't know. If you ended up losing this game, what would be the story we're talking about today? So we don't know. Um, and, again, the Browns are coming off a – this is a pretty bad loss because they could have won. So mm -hmm. we'll see how they do against the Niners next week. Um, the Bears, uh, last game uh, on Monday night yesterday, 
Um, and then uh, I don't have much to say here other than the Bears defense is just on another level, and the Redskins are Cam just awful. Sucks. He does suck. And the bad part is that Jay Gruden isn't going to be switching quarterbacks. His job is on the line, so he's like, I'm not going to play like back and forth because this is – we talked about this before the season started. He, not, he's not in the same situation as Pat Shermer where his job isn't on the line. He kind of grew a pair and put Daniel Jones in the game. Luckily, it worked out for him. But for the Redskins – he doesn't have that time. His job mm-hmm. was on the line before this season started. And leaving Case Kinnam in there, he's kind of worried about losing his job. So he's going to leave him in there and ride it until, until whatever happens. Because, again, Case Keenum hasn't played bad the last two weeks, but that game he had five turnovers on his own. Yeah. He had all the turnovers. By the way, why was he trying to get a first down by jumping over the line with the ball out as if he's in the end zone? Because when you cross the plane, it's a touchdown. But when you're trying to get a first down in the middle of the field, of course – Danny Trevathan's going to come out and just punch the ball out on you. I, I don't know. What are you doing? I don't know. I don't know. This team I, is There's a shambles. lot of questions I have about him. I just I don't have answers. I don't. The Bears could have might as well played at home because the Redskins had none of their fans there. No. There, no. there was no home field advantage at all. No. None. No. And that stadium is also a dump from what I've heard. Like I've 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 heard a, a different podcast from this guy. He said he went to a Redskins game um and he said where their seat was, it was like behind a giant pole. That like they sucks. couldn't see anything. Like the the infrastructure of that stadium is just not good. But this game ended 31 to 15. I keep forgetting to mention the scores, but the Bears move forward to 2 and 1. They have a tough matchup, a division rival against the Vikings next week, and the Redskins fall to 0 and 3, no surprise there, and they might be 0 and 4 after the Giants game. We'll have to see because again the Giants defense is awful and Case Keenum didn't play bad 2 weeks prior to this. So, we'll have to see what happens. But Mitch Trubisky has three touchdowns and all three of them go to none other than Taylor Gabriel which one of them was challenged, but he took advantage of the turnovers, and that's exactly what you have to do. So if you didn't come up with three touchdowns at the end of the day, uh, yeah, you're absolutely awful. So finally he has his first touchdown this year against the Redskins, rightfully so. So 25 for 31, 231 yards through the air, three touchdowns at a pick. David Montgomery is nowhere to be found. Um, he on paper again, thirteen carries, sixty-seven yards. But they're not using this guy. They're using Cordell Patterson. He they're got using like forty of those yards in, in the last drive. I, they just why are they throwing the ball? Mitch Kabisky can't throw. He can't. Maybe he can later, but David Montgomery is. You're supposed to run the offense through him because your offense isn't going anywhere. Just nope, use him. They, they would rather give it to Tariq Cohen. They'd rather him be the I. Even he had negative two yards rushing. I don't. I don't know. I have David Montgomery on my team. I expected so much from him. Yeah. And they just. This is like this. This. It's gives the me Bears' f- fault. It's not even his fault. This gives me flashbacks of when I had Derrick Henry and they would go with freaking Deion Lewis. This is what this reminds me of. But just give it to Montgomery. Yeah. That's I don't, all I don't they get have it, to do. I don't I mean, get it, man. But uh, yeah, the def- their defense was absolutely phenomenal this game. Haha Clinton Dix had the two touchdowns against his former team being the Redskins. Kyle Fowler also had an interception and the fumbles and then Khalil Mack is forcing fumbles out. Danny Trevathan causes a fumble. It was just a manhandling by the Bears defense overall. Case Keenum has three picks. He does have two touchdowns in crunch time uh, with Terry McLaurin and Paul Richardson who he did the past two weeks too. Terry McLaurin's a beast by the way. Scary I guess Terry. He is their only like bright spot of this offense. That's um, it. Yeah. yeah, Case Keenum, 30 for 43, 332 yards. Again, the three picks are awful. The yardage isn't bad, but the two touchdowns, those were they were kind of losing by then. They were going for two at some weird times. They were kicking at some weird times. They don't know what they're doing over there. Um, Adrian Peterson isn't going to gain any yardage on that on that defense. Um, Paul Richardson again reaches the end zone on eight receptions, 83 yards. He was quiet for the first part of the game. Terry McLaurin also 
get some, his fair share of the work later in the game. He reaches the end zone. Not much I could say here. The defense for the Bears is just absolutely incredible. And what else are they going to do on Monday night? But we, they're looking forward to next week to go up against the Vikings and see what they got. Mark knows Jeremy Sprinkle. But he doesn't oh, know. Oh, yeah, our buddy, uh, <laughs> we talked about Sprinkle, and I think that was the first time I found out about him was watching this game because I don't watch a lot of Redskins game. So uh, I'm like, who is this Sprinkle guy? He's like, yeah, what's his name? Jeremy Sprinkle. Jeremy Sprinkle. And you told me about him. And then Mark, our friend Mark comes over, and we always make fun of him because I always mention the Vikings defense, and he always says they're not good, but I always name every single person on their defense, which are good. And I named Harrison Smith. He had no idea who he was. I'm like, he's a, one of the better safeties in the league. He had no idea who he was. None. Not even no. a clue. And even when we first taught him about it, I said, who's Harrison Smith? He said, he's the Vikings linebacker. Yeah, he's not. He's, he's a not, safety. He's not a linebacker. So, yeah, but he knew exactly who Jeremy Sprinkle was on the Redskins. <laughs> so, the third string tight end. Yeah. So, with that being said, uh, this podcast is already two hours. I didn't mean for it to get there, but we covered every game. Let's jump into our picks, why don't we? I already made my picks. Maybe it'll change as we go along, but me and Chris are tied 10-10 to 10 Yeah. from last week. We tied in picks, and I easily could have won if I just took the Niners. Uh, or, or something like that, but I again, told you. we're tied, and that's it is what it is. So uh, let's move forward to week four. There it is. Uh, so yeah, we're ten and ten. Uh, Eagles and Packers on Thursday night football in the I, limbo. I have the Packers. Yeah, right, Packers. I got, I got the it. same as you. So we're going Packers first game of the week. Uh, we got Giants Redskins. I'm, I'm taking going the Giants. Giants. Chris is going Giants over the Redskins. Um, we might eat our words later, but hopefully Danny Dimes can come in and uh, show us yeah, what he's got. Yeah. Chiefs-Lions, I think we've showed Chiefs. enough stat-wise that the Chiefs are going to win, and the fact that they're indoors is even worse. Uh, Titans-Falcons, I picked the Falcons. I, they got to come back. I'm going to say the Falcons. Mariota is so bad. I'm it, saying the Falcons, but what, ner- what makes me really nervous is they have Derrick Henry, and I feel like he could torch our defense. Maybe. but You have to hope. Uh, Ravens. Browns at Ravens. You're going Ravens. I'm also going Ravens. Uh, Raiders at Colts. I picked the Colts. I got to go with the Colts. They're fighting for something this year. I love the Colts coming into this year without Andrew Luck. They're still a really great team. I hate having the same picks as you. Please be different. Um, the Pats-Bills. This is why we don't have the same picks, by the yeah. way. Uh, yeah, Pats-Bills. Um, it's at Buffalo, but I don't think that's going to affect them in any way. Uh, Panthers at Texans. Texans. You're picking the Texans. Let's go. I mean, I'm not picking the Dolphins in the next game, so you know uh, it's the Chargers. Chargers, Dolphins. I pick the Chargers. Chris is going Chargers. I know this is boring to everyone because they're all the same picks, but you would make the same picks too, all right? Yeah, I'm picking yeah, Rams. Bucks, Rams. Over the Bucks. He's going Rams. All right. Seahawks. I mean, again, I mean, that's a game that you have to look at in a sense that the Bucks are coming off a bad loss. Their defense isn't bad under Todd Bowles. It's one of the better defenses in the league. They're up against the Rams that where. You know, Jared Goff threw okay last week, yeah, but he didn't throw great. And also that they're not using Todd Gurley. So it's kind of like it could be an even matchup. That's not a bad yeah. matchup there. People overlook it, but I'm taking the Rams just because I'm taking the Rams. Uh, Seahawks, Seahawks Cardinals, Cardinals. But again, yeah. these two teams play very – It's going to be like 9-6. to six. Yeah, that's, <laughs> always, that's always how their games end. It's going to be 9-6. never nine understand six. why. Um, but yeah, the Vikings at Bears. I, I, I want the Bears. bears. I think, I, you're going Bears too. I think the Bears. I thought you were going to go Vikings. I don't have any faith in Kirk Cousins. No. Um, I don't need. Wait, what am I doing? You're typing here? in the wrong. I spot. I did type it in the wrong spot. <laughs> I'm like Broncos. All right, no. Uh, you're taking the Bears, and they're also at home, which is going to help them a lot too. And they're coming off a huge win defensively. Um, and I think Mitch Trubisky. I think this is another game where he's able to throw. Maybe, but I I still have faith in him for this game. Um. 
So we're going Jags at Broncos. I'm going Jags. I'm going Broncos. I'm going Jags. Yo, listen. Uh, they're coming <laughs> off a bad loss. Philip Lindsay's finally getting the ball. Here's the other thing. The Jags defense isn't great. Maybe Jalen Ramsey doesn't play this game. I don't think it affects him that much. Um, but I, I like Gardner Minshew, I guess. But That's I, it. I, I, him and DJ Chark, baby. There I was we thinking, go. I was thinking something when I saw this, and I might be regretting it. But I, th- I like it because we have different picks here. I'm taking the Broncos. I think they finally put a win up on the board, and I think Gardner Minshew kind of, you know, the Broncos defense isn't too great, but I think Gardner Minshew finally comes back to earth. And I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure the Broncos are favored. But and you're taking the Jags. Yes. Um, I'm taking the Broncos. Um, again, they're at home. I, th- I see it. that's a positive to me as well. Cowboys at Saints. I'm, I'm picking a Cowboys. You're going Cowboys. Yeah. I am also going Cowboys. Reason being, they, uh, I feel like the Cowboys are just riding high right now. I think the Saints are, were lucky that the C- the Seahawks didn't outplay them in the first half and because they were losing it towards the end of the game. Yeah. And I think the Cowboys are just so high-powered, and I think their defense will keep ter- – uh, I keep calling him Terry Bradshaw, <laughs> but it's Teddy Bridgewater in check. Uh, so yeah, we're both going Cowboys here. Last game, I am going Bengals. I like I like the Bengals. Ooh, That's let's why go. I so picked. this is all going to come down to whether the Broncos and the Jaguars. The Jags. <laughs> uh, <laughs> why did it have to come down to that? I don't know, but I'm taking the Bengals here against the the Steelers. Steelers are 0 three. Um, they haven't been like that in a very long time. But the Bengals have also only lost by a few points in each of their last three games. They're fighting. Yeah, they're, they're fighting. fighting. They're fighting to the very end, and I think that's uh, a very big factor that you have to put um, in there. Um, so I, um, we're taking the Bengals there. But we are tied 10 to 10. Let's see what happens moving forward. Chris, that being said, week three is in the books. Our recap has come to an end. Any last-minute thoughts going into week four? Please win, Falcons. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you going one and three. If you go one and three, it, it's it's very hard coming back from that and, and making playoffs. Just please don't make Mariota look like Tom Brady. Please. He's talented, but he's not that talented. Just please win. Just win. Just win. <laughs> so I was going to mention who I'm betting in DraftKings this week. I haven't even looked at the spreads, but I'm going to let everyone know. Next week, I went oh, I went one for three this week. I had the Rams minus four. That barely hit, so I almost mm-hmm. went 0 and three. Um, I took the Steelers' money line and also took the Falcons' money line, who I mentioned earlier in this game. So, And I'm very upset about it because I'm I was playing with house money, and now I just barely broke even. So. Yeah, that, so that'll conclude it for me. I guess we'll end it off there. So that being said, make sure um, to watch our podcast on YouTube. Uh, and uh, we're officially posting our full podcast on YouTube if the video decides to upload within the next day. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, you can, li- you can watch and listen to our full podcast both on YouTube and on Apple Podcasts, wherever you stream your, po- wherever you stream your podcast. Um, on Apple Podcasts, just look up the Franchise Tags uh, NFL Podcast. Um, on Twitter and Instagram, we post a lot of content on there. It's Franchise Tag Pod. Um, and also, and what am I missing here? I think that might be it. I'm not, I don't know if I'm missing anything, but yeah, make sure to check the content out at Franchise Tag Pod on social media. Um, and we'll leave it off there. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week to cover week four and recap that. And also give our picks for next week and let you know how that goes. So thank you guys for listening. We'll see you later. Peace.